Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film movie mates, we captain the viewing history, recommend films to one another so they can once and for all decide who has better taste. My name is Hugh Dempsey and I am joined as always by Sam Blakely. Hello, Sam. Uh, you didn't say the inimitable you? Sam Blakely. What's going on? For oh, you, sorry. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I just, I forget these things. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not the imi- imitable one. Yeah, I'm the irritable <laughs> one. Big part of say. my brand. Oh, it's because you couldn't say it right. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, oh, is it? What? What are you trying to say? Fuck off. No, nothing. Just criticising me again for not being able to say stuff. I can say <laughs> stuff and things and oh, words. Really? Me failing. What do you call people who live impossible. in Vietnam? I call them uh, Southeast Asians. <laughs> Not Vietnamese. No, no, no. No. Anyway, so Sam's here as, as always. Um, Listeners to, who've been listening since episode eight will uh, will appreciate that one. <laughs> so yeah, Sam's here, and um, but Sam, uh, once mm. again in our in our uh, month of uh, guest request. select guest request guest request <laughs> branding meeting Good, Monday. Right. That's that's what we need. Uh, guest request. Uh, we have Gareth, Mister Still Smiling Jones from the Mister Still Smiling YouTube channel. Video criticism, well, video summary channel. Uh, films in three minutes, mostly. Uh, an absolutely amazing channel. I recommend everyone go watch lots of videos on that, and then come back to us, and they can listen to us. Criminally underrated. Alien. It will get quite a lot of links yeah, from us. It, on is, the it will. It will. So, hello, Gareth. Welcome to please watch this. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Good. I'm glad you. It's, it's a pleasure for us. That's the main thing. Pleasures are all on this side of the Zoom. Oh, yeah, call. Yes, lots of ple- lots of pleasure going round. Uh, Gareth, in a for, s- for the list for the for the absolute treacherous listeners who haven't yet watched any of your videos, could you could you sum up for us in I would say three minutes or less what is your <laughs> YouTube channel? Well, hopefully it won't take that long. Basically, uh, my channel, aside from having some embarrassing videos I made when I was eighteen or twenty one or god forbid 25 uh my, my channel at the moment primarily has uh, uh, uh film reviews or uh, condensed into three minutes and those videos act as a kind of primer for someone who hasn't seen the film and might be curious and it's a little uh, it's a sort of introduction it's almost like a video you would watch on the dvd before you actually watched uh, the film it's like a free <laughs> song of uh, film criticism yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um, and i did think yeah. I, I did think that because i watched a video you released only last week uh, the lives of others the german film i was watching it and i've seen i loved the film and watched it several times and i thought I wonder how careful you have to be with spoilers. Are you quite sensitive to spoilers yourself? Uh, how how big a factor is that for you? Oh, absolutely. I, I never. I, I'm very um, uh, conscious of not wanting to show any shots in my videos that might reveal the plot, uh, the script that I write to talk about the film. I'm very sensitive to not revealing any kind of major spoilers because the videos I make. Uh, they try to act as a kind of amateur primer for the film so so I don't want to reveal anything or spoil anything for anyone who might be interested in uh, watching it so I'm, I'm very conscious to try with the shots that I use in my videos to not uh, reveal anything so you put that's more great, effort in than, than most people who make trailers for actual films that are coming out <laughs> in the cinemas because they will show shots from any act yeah. or scene God, <laughs> yeah, exactly that Going. I watched The Matrix um I keep wanting to Resurrections. Resurrections, yeah. thank you. I watched The Matrix Resurrections and literally I think all the major shots of action in that film are in the trailer. 
I don't think there's, there's a, anything. The, the helicopter bit. It's like, hang on a sec. There's like ten minutes left to this film, and you. That was. I saw that in the trailer on every single yeah, trailer. Yeah, the, uh, it the drives helicopter. drives me drives me mad, Ted. Um, so, <laughs> so Gareth, what we like to do on uh, please watch this when we have a new guest on is we like to get to know uh, a bit about the, the films they like, what they're sort of into before we dive into the mm. film subject matter. So, uh, as quick as you can, uh, what are your five favourite films, please? Oh, in order I, I, I knew you'd ask me this and I have to I have to stress beforehand that uh, when it comes to like favourite films it's not like I'm saying this is one of the greatest films of all time I'm just saying Hugh he's stalling I wonder how embarrassing this is going to <laughs> this, be oh no trust me, trust me, just, just me there, there is at least one incredibly embarrassing film on this list but the list is not based is it on, Debbie Does Dallas Oh, you have no idea. Um, <laughs> the list is not based on, um, I think these are the greatest films of all time. These are just, for whatever reason, aesthetically, musically, uh, cinematographically, if that's even a word. These are it is films. now. Yeah, it is now. Um, these are films that I just I just loved as a child or a teenager or, or in my, my youthful age of uh, 29 going on 30 in a few months' time. Um, so, so five favorite films, um, and I, I don't want to sound too artsy fartsy, but one would <laughs> certainly be certainly be the film uh, by Akira Kurosawa called Ran, which is the last Ooh. epic film he made when he was seventy-five years old. It's a samurai classic, and it's based on um, uh, Shakespeare's King Lear. It's got you know great battle scenes, great cinematography, color editing, music. It's a wonderful film, but that would be a kind of artsy fartsy pick. Uh, I, 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 can't, I can't really even add a sort of numerical uh, order to this, but uh, that's fine. We're just asking for your fave favorite. No, fa- yeah, fa- no, fa- no, fa- no, fa- five favorite. Five, yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, I would have to say uh, one one film would be called Fearless by uh, Peter Weir, who did the uh, Truman Show. And that is a wonderful film about. Um, Never even heard of um, it. Oh, it 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 it's his least well known film, but uh, it stars Jeff Bridges, and um, it's probably the best performance Jeff Bridges has ever done in a well, film. That's, and that, a bar, that's a film. That's a bar that's to, to get over. Yeah, yeah, that's a film that about someone who survives a plane crash and feels hmm. guilty about surviving, and the whole film is about how he processes his survivor's guilt because he thinks after he survived the plane crash that he is immortal so it's a really it's a beautiful film but um it's a really good sort of psychological study um i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to this is really embarrassing but one of my favorite films my favorite childhood film and please don't judge me you might you might you might boot me (laughs) off this uh this podcast after hearing this but what my favorite childhood film is batman forever and before before, before, wow. before you can yes, I can hear your laughter before, before you even before you even edit the laughter in. Hugh, this was a um, mistake. Just 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 for the context, just for oh, the context. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Please. You, you, yeah. You need this. I mean, you must have been what? Oh Christ! That came out in ninety five. Ninety five. I, I was three years old. And yeah. the VHS came out in either late ninety five or early ninety six. So I was four yeah. years old. I loved that film. I loved it because I was a big Jim Carrey fan, even at that age. I loved Jim Carrey. So Jim Carrey in a Batman film, for me, was just heaven. And I know it's one of the worst performances of all time, but... At that age, I was very scared by Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face, and you know he had that suit yeah. with like the leopard prints and the oh, cheetah yeah. stripes. Mm. I love that suit, even Iconic. though the makeup is really it hasn't aged well. 
I loved him in that film. So I uh, I adore Batman Forever, and yes, it's not a it's it's probably the second worst Batman film of all time. <laughs> However, you asked me for my favourites. No, no, that, no, that is we never said no we never said that to be good. There, yeah. No, absolutely, a, thank God. I mean, Sam, you might not have it might not have been there actually, but when I was a kid growing up, I had a big poster of Batman Forever. Uh, in that my rings a bell. I, I feel it? like I've, I've seen I that you know, poster. Over you know, and over like again. you know, yeah. like where you go like that, with your finger, where you bend it at the joint. So listeners, like for yeah, for so anyone. like you know, so like when you on your on your hands, listeners, right? You have joints, you can, you yeah. Know, yeah, you've got obviously you can bend your make a fist, but there was on that Batman Forever poster there was a weird thing that Jim Carrey in his like maniacal laugh pose that he had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a bit. Gareth is trying to do it on uh, on the Zoom call. Maybe if we all do it, but his, we'll see it. his his finger. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I only learned to do it with my index finger. But his little finger is bent like that, like you know, at the jo- at the lower joint of the knuckle, uh, just above the knuckle. Right. And he could do that, and I learned to do that because of that stupid poster. <laughs> and so I can do that where like my fingers loop, where I can flick my little finger. Yeah, that's kind of base. Yeah, that's exactly uh, off the poster. That's a weird. Yeah. Anyway, Gareth uh, uh, number. Um, that was three, so, so number four. Yes, I, I, I'm, you know what? I feel no shame about missing that. <laughs> no, that's all right. No, no, we had a guy last week no, who loved you. King Kong, so you know you're in you're in excellent company. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think because there's so there's so many films, and one of the films in my top five is the film we're going to discuss, but I don't want to spoil that. So, if mm. I had to pick um, another film very quickly, oh god, this is difficult. But um, oh. You're gonna have to edit this out. Just, just, just bear with me as I, as I, as I think. And, and let me just—I'm just rewinding all of the the three-minute film reviews I've done. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to um, so, have um, you made videos about all those three so far? All four of those so far? Yeah, uh, that's no. I haven't done one on Batman Forever. I will do that, and I'm sure what few subscribers I have will. Will comment saying, "What on earth are you doing?" But I will in that. In that I review. can't wait to see that. <laughs> I watched. I watched um, your review on while you think about your fifth, uh, fourth film. I watched your review on Die Hard, and I liked how you kept calling uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, was it Jesus? Christmas Jesus or something? Was it? No, um, uh, thank you. Christmas. You you would be you would be surprised as to how many people didn't actually understand that I was trying to make a joke. The whole yeah, the whole really, the whole, yeah. the whole yeah. point. It's very you know, funny. Is it in, the, in, the, in that video and I hope the copyright uh, holders don't don't um, sue me but in, I, yeah. I actually use footage from It's a Wonderful Life with James Stewart <laughs> yeah. and I juxtapose it with Bruce Willis beating up a German terrorist and I was trying to make the joke that Bruce Willis is like a Christ-like archetype just like in It's a Wonderful Life so um, in fact actually last Christmas just gone I did Die Hard 2 and I was trying yes. to I, I, I meant to watch that I, I was trying to uh, you mean you haven't watched it before well, you invited you know, me on my life I Oh my well, god! I'd, I'd watched a few videos. Look, I'm not justifying myself to you. Guys. <laughs> Fuck off! You can watch all fifty in three hours, Hugh. There's, there's just no excuse. Yeah, it's only it's only three right, minutes right, video. On, What's on. your excuse? Right. Well, you talk amongst yourselves. I'll be back in three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so the, the, the Die Hard Two video, I, I, I perpetuate that joke that that John McClane yeah. is a is a Christ-like figure. But I've actually I've actually thought of my. Um, my fourth video, and it's a film by Terry Gilliam of the Monty uh, Python fame, and it's called The Fisher King, which also well, happens Jeff Bridges. to star Jeff Bridges and yeah. Robin Williams. And it's a film, it, it, it's set in uh, New York, it was shot in the early 90s. It's um, a film about redemption, about uh, guilt, about shame, but it has a kind of uh, fantastical quality. 
and it i mean if you haven't seen the fisher king you've, you've got to watch it because terry gilliam you know who did um uh, brazil and fear and loathing it's probably his most underrated film and it's also probably his his least well-known film and yet it's one of his best so the fisher king uh, episode uh what episode do you want uh, 856 watch <laughs> the fisher king it's worth it yeah fantastic yeah, well i mean that is well we might get you on to, you get you back on and you can, it, t- you can I, I, I hadn't i haven't i'd seen batman forever i'd never seen alien 3 i've been meaning to watch the fisher king haven't mm. and i hadn't seen the kurosawa or the or fearless I've heard, and i'd heard um, of the ran but i hadn't heard of fearless this is it um, so I, that is I so unique i don't think there'll be another person on the planet who has that as their top five no. i'd be very and then so 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 alien three is your number five is that correct well yes but it's not it's not five is in importance or number one no but it's in, in your top five uh, it's in your, it, it, it yeah. will always be in whatever list uh i'm assigned <laughs> it will always be in the the top five or maybe even the top three uh entries without a doubt wow okay and there is so, a mr still smiling video called i think why i love alien 3 or yeah. something along those yes lines. Uh, so aside from doing films in three minutes uh or talking about films in three minutes i uh there are there are a couple of films that mean a lot to me which i, I want to do a kind of um a video essay on and you know youtube video essays are a dime a dozen but that's not going to stop me from talking about films I'm very passionate about the first one is Alien 3 I want to do one on I don't know how you'll feel about this but the 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 last Timothy Dalton Bond film Licence to Kill which is oh, my yeah, we watched, favourite we watched that on the podcast that is my that. absolute yeah. favourite Bond film and I intend yeah. to do a, um, a video about why I love that and there, there are there are certain hidden gems of movies which don't get enough um, uh, hype if you will yeah. that I I, I I would feel very comfortable writing a 15, 16, 20 minute essay about why I, I love that film. Um, so it's a noble suppose, cause. So, yes, no, absolutely. And some of those films are, aren't well known. Some of them are, are very well known. But I suppose the next video to make uh, that I would make in that style would be License to Kill. Fantastic. Yeah, on the podcast, the division of labour here is I like Bond and Star Wars, and Sam is. Uh, a dirty casual when it comes to those I think yeah. is the best way to I'm, put I'm it a, d- a dirty casual I don't know how I feel about that <laughs> a filthy <laughs> casual sorry that's the term isn't it filthy casual yeah, well you, I think yeah, there's a good no. segue I think there's a good segue in there where there is you know, uh, Gareth always wanted the opportunity to, to talk to a public about Alien 3 at length yeah, so Hugh, if you want to kick us off. So yeah, so so today's episode, uh, we're doing we're having a bit of a break from tradition, listener. You'll be surprised mm. to hear. So normally we get guests on like Gareth and but other people in the past, and they come on and they tell us how much they love the film, and the person hosting also tells the uh, recommendee how much they like the film. But in this episode. We are going with something a bit different, as I said three times. Um, we are going with. So I have. I hadn't seen all of Alien Three. I had seen part of it. I saw about forty-five minutes. I think maybe just over an hour now after watching. And then you it again. specifically chose not to carry on watching I, <laughs> Alien Three. I decided to turn it off because I got. There's and we are a spoilerific podcast mm-hmm. um, on this podcast, so I know Gareth, this might hurt hurt your sensibilities given that you you don't do spoilers on your YouTube channel. So feel free to enjoy spoiling a film today. Um, but I turned it off when uh, Charles Dance died. I, I literally went, oh, 
probably I probably said the words fuck this film I'm turning it off because it can't <laughs> it just it undercut me so so uh, but because we knew we were getting Gareth on we thought we'd bring Gareth on as an advocate for Alien 3 to, to try and proselytise the masses that are me and Sam into making us see the greatness in a film that quite frankly has been universally not universally but it's definitely was not well received at the time uh, Gareth maybe you can enlighten me did it make its money back at the time I, I'm, I'm sure I heard it didn't um, it, it, I mean it, it did very well internationally but the crucial box office at that time unlike it's always America with, with China yeah. back at the t- back in the day it, it was America and it, it yeah it, it was a um, domestic disappointment D- domestic disappointment. I've had well, that's what that's what that I've days. got. Uh, touched, you know, sort of chiselled into my headstone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, just, I, yeah, yeah exactly. I hope that's yeah. not true. Here lies Sam Blakey, yeah. a domestic disappointment. So, so yeah. So Gareth's going to try and maybe try and change my mind. See what we're going to get. What Sam's opinion on it is, but see what how that matches up with Gareth, and see if it's if Sam maybe can see what Gareth loves about the film. So. So what I'm going to do, Gareth, is I'm going to give a brief synopsis of the film, and I'm going to find out what you like, what you love, what what makes you such a lover of this uh, much maligned film. I would I would have to say. So we start the film starts with um, the Salako, I think it's called from Aliens. From Aliens, I always want to call it Alien Two or Aliens Two, but it is Aliens technically, um, and. You get it's obviously it's intercut with the the title card, but basically what's happening is there's it turns out one of the face huggers from the planet they've just been on that Newt Ripley and Hicks have escaped from. It, there's a face hugger on the ship. It causes a fire, and they get ejected out onto a life raft, um, basically with their stasis pods, and they land on a prison planet run once again by the the company Wayland Yutani. And it turns out this is an all male prison uh, camp, basically. And a very English one uh, at that. Yeah, a very northern English one, <laughs> except for the random American, as uh, uh, someone described it as porridge in a review I read. <laughs> um, and uh, as you can, and it turns out, sadly, uh, Ripley is the only survivor of this crash. But as always, because it wouldn't be aliens without a- an alien, an alien has. Uh, survive the crash that was on board it infects uh so so just before we get into it we so we all watch the same version which is apparently the the assembly cut not to be confused as a director's cut which i'm sure gareth can tell us more about later um so what happens is in the version we all watched and there is a different version and we'll get into that later but a alien gets impregnated into a, like an ox or something like that i think it was and Basically, an alien's let loose on this planet that has no weapons. Uh, it's got a load of um, pr- practically malnourished religious zealots who are all prisoners with a couple of, um, like, three um, non-prisoners. And uh, Ripley's basically in that environment. And it and the big plot twist of the film is she's actually impregnated with a, um, a queen alien and her, a lot of her story sort of revolves around her wanting to take her own life to prevent the alien threat and it all culminates in a big denouement of her jumping into a big vat of la- uh, lead hot lead to, and that uh, came in at 2.57 so you're, that you're is the, one of the quicker ones the, uh, I feel Sam. <laughs> Sam, Sam, Sam Gareth Sam seems to have a problem with my synopsis can, can I just well, say Hugh as, as someone who <laughs> 
reviews films in three minutes. I'm really proud of you to be three seconds short. That, that, that's, that, that I didn't realise it was getting so long. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that is the synopsis. Uh, you meet a cast of characters along the way. You've got uh, Charles Dance as Clemens, the um, the upper class British um, doctor of the facility. Um, who else have you got? You've got Charles Dutton as a sort of uh, religious leader character figure like you know the American evangelical you got Brian Glover playing Brian Glover yeah Brian Glover playing Brian <laughs> playing looking for a Kez you've got the and I, um, reunion of Ralph Brown and uh, Paul McCann of course yeah Paul McCann Lance Henriksen makes uh, a bishop cameo in this uh, a couple of points um, and obviously it's got the wonderful uh, Sigourney Weaver as Ripley who is quite frankly uh, the glue that holds it all together we oh and there's Pete Poss- we don't deserve her we don't and there's Pete Postlethwaite as well who just thrown in uh, very few lines is in this film <laughs> is in this film and you're very annoyed that he's not in it more and does more um, but that's I think something I'll get into maybe later so that was my overly long synopsis um, so Gareth what do you like about Aliens th- Alien 3 um, God, where 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 to begin? Um, so, uh, just just well, well, actually, in fact, what what? So, how did you first come across this film? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a really good question. So, um, when I was twelve years old, back in the day, as I'm sure you can appreciate, when there was such a thing as video slash DVD rental stores. Anyone oh, remember yes. those? We both we uh, both worked at one actually. Right. Yeah. So yeah. there was there well, was a, you worked to the get you worked to the game. Well, yeah, so. same premises. There was there was a chain called. Um, Choices. It was. It was. Yeah. It was a, I, I, clearly, I clearly have struck a chord here. Yes, you have. I, me and my two friends, we used to. Um, we had what we called the Holy Trinity. We used to go to a snooker hall called Chalks. Oh uh, then we'd go get pizza from a pizza uh, takeaway called Char Chars, and then we would go to Choices to rent a film. So it was the, the Holy Trinity, the sea. We, co- we called it. Trin- yeah, we called it the. We called it unimaginatively. We called it Chalks, Char Char, and Choices. It was wow. wonderful. Uh, just, I hope I don't sound too sad here, but basically, before in, in 2003, 20th Century Fox released a um, like a, a special edition box set of of the four films, mm-hmm. and they they spent a lot of money doing um, making ofs of of each of the films, which you can find on YouTube, and and they the are quadrology, I think. Yeah, the, quad, it, the, it? the quadrilogy. It, it quadrilogy. Um, and, I, and I'll talk to you about the making of Alien Three because it is uh, literally one of the best making ofs of any film you know it's just <laughs> fascinating to watch that documentary so when i was um, about 11 or 12 i i rented you know well well let me rephrase my mother rented for me <laughs> yeah. of course the yeah. 1992 uh, theatrical cut which had been released on dvd in the um, late 90s it had you know very few special features and it it was the the theatrical cut of the film so i i saw that when i was 12 and even at that age, I had seen Aliens, I hadn't seen Alien, but I, I loved Aliens. But there was just something about the look and design and sound and feel of that of that film. Even though the theatrical cut is a, is a real, it's a mess, it's a real butchered version of, of the proper... You know David Finch's original um, vision. I just, I just fell in love with it and... Uh, it's probably my favourite science fiction film for a number of reasons that um you know we'll we'll, we'll go into. But um, that was my first experience of, of watching Alien Three, and then a few years later when the um, 
the the box set uh, came out, and then I suddenly realised um, that there was a there was like a kind of director's cut, but it wasn't really a director's cut. It was this special edition that changed loads of things about the film. I I was so you know uh, enamoured with it, uh, and I watched it and thought, oh my god, this is this is even better than the thing I loved before. And I can give you a, a good anecdote. When I was growing up. Um, my mum is a big uh, Star Wars fan and um, before 1997 she only had The Empire Strikes Back on VHS but it was the version of the film the 1980 version of the film uh, that was the only Star Wars film I had and of course you know I loved it when I was five uh, in Christmas of 97 when they released the special edition box set suddenly I was like oh my god there's a there's two more films and they have <laughs> they have all of these additional scenes like in Empire oh my god you actually see the um, oh this is terrible Cloud City the, well Cloud City but also what, what's the name of the creature that attacks Luke in Hoff uh, on Hoff the, um, the Wampa is the it Wampa. the Wampa the Wampa yeah, yeah. No, so, so, is it the Wampa? Suddenly, oh, yeah. suddenly you get to see the yeah. Wampa and you get to see Luke cutting its arm off and there was all of this <laughs> bonus material that that I I just it just resonated with me and I fell in love mm. with it and I I think my my experience of Alien Three was a bit similar to that where I loved the version that I saw but when there was a mm. when I knew there was a better version a longer more complete more intact version I just you know I fell in love with that um, even more. That's wonderful. That's so. So is that so? What what is it specifically then that you love about this film? You mentioned like the atmosphere and mm. the uh, and the sound and things like that. Was that what what made you like this film more than say Aliens, which I think of the three is my favourite personally. I, I know it, for a lot of people, I know it's a toss up between one and two, but but I really prefer. Who I think personally. You, I, I, you guys talk about in your Aliens podcast about how, although it's set in the future, they still have very eighties technology, like mm. um, CRT <laughs> monitors and yeah, almost like yeah. a BBC computer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, having a, an Amstrad or an eight-track cassette player, just green text on a black background. Exactly, like and yet somehow we're supposed to believe it's the future. Um, <laughs> I think the, I think. The reason why I, I, I re one of the reasons why I love Alien Free aesthetically is, yes, although it's set in in, in you know, hundreds of years in the future and and it has all of these CRT and old fashioned monitors. I think for me the design of that world, all of the old fashioned technology suits it perfectly because it's like a run down prison planet. The idea that you wouldn't have flat screen televisions or, or, or touch screen pads or or whatever it, it kind of it kind of makes sense and it's cohesive and um, yeah the the, the 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 overall design of it is quite oppressive and um, very unwelcoming and so because Ripley is thrusted into this world the whole look of the of the planet you know on the beach when Ripley um, in the in the version of the film we're going to talk about when she's swept mm -hmm. up on the shore she's covered in lice and maggots and 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 that they're yeah. all like traveling on the air so you really get the sense that this is a very unwelcome world and I think the design of it just is so coherent that when you watch that film 
it, it's it's not trying to replicate a style from it's not trying to replicate Blade Runner it's not even trying to replicate Alien or Aliens it is very much its own world and uh, it's unique in that way right okay that's yeah that's one way of, that's a, definitely a way of looking at it I never I never really thought um, I think something I would say about it is you know if um, say if if Alien was you know ghost house slash truckers in space um, and then obviously Aliens was the is the sort of you know the big 80s budget action movie Alien 3 to me feels like the sort of the introverted uh, ironic sort of end of history 90s if that makes sense kind of like, like the Nirvana of the Alien franchise yeah yeah it's very yeah, grungy yeah. film yeah yeah, that's a very great. That's a great way of putting it, actually. Yeah, um, and I, I can totally, I totally understand your point. Uh, that that's kind of that. You, it, it definitely does feel different to any of the other the aliens films, even the awful Alien Resurrection, which um, I think there was. I was reading a quote, and um, it was from David. It was about you know Ripley shaving her head for this film, and um, it was something like she had to wear a wig basically to in front of her daughter so she didn't scare her, and you know uh, David Fincher didn't want to ask her about it. Uh, was well was you know didn't really want to broach the subject about her asking her to shave her head, and she basically I think by this point it was basically the the question was yeah sure I'll do it just pay me more money and I think that was sort of. The attitude I think you get from her, and you, it does, I don't think it comes across in this film, but I think definitely by Resurrection, she's just like, "I'm just this is just a cash cow for me, and I can go do other things and be a rich millionaire, hot, famous Hollywood actor." <laughs> you know. Well, I, I do, I, I'm very conscious of not sounding too artsy fartsy, but uh, if you yeah. if you look at those four initial films, forget Aliens versus Predator, as I'm sure we all wish we could, and and, and forget Prometheus. <laughs> I, I went to the cinema to see oh, that. Your poor thing. Film. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. um, you know. Forget, Thanks. Forget those films. Forget Finally, the sympathy I deserve, Sam. <laughs> forget Prometheus. Forget uh, what's it? Alien Covenant. Forget all yeah. of the stuff post nineties. I think the reason why one of the reasons why I love Alien Three is if you look at the first three films as a trilogy, Alien Three mm. has a perfect ending. The fourth film is kind of like a sort of it's an offshoot. It's an outgrowth. It's it's kind of, mm. and I think you know Rip uh, Sigourney she agreed to do the first film under the condition that they would kill the character off and they and you know spoilers they they did but the fourth film when she comes back and she's kind of like a clone of um ripley yeah mm. i think i agree with you I, I think for her that was more of a paycheck and they probably paid her a fortune to do it but the that that version of ripley is not the same ripley from the first three films i mean she's literally a, a kind of like a clone with alien dna so she's always, yeah she's she is technically there. different isn't she she is um, and and so for me the ripley that we love in alien and aliens died in at the end of alien 3 alien resurrection is kind of like a like a, almost like a spin-off film it's it, it's fun in mm. parts and it's at times it's a bit ugh, was that such a good decision to have cgi aliens in the water but it doesn't. I don't see it as having the same kind of connection as the first three films. That's that's entirely understandable, and it's a very um, 
yeah, it's a very well measured argument. I agree. I can agree with. Um, uh, I think Alien Three may get some love as well. That the fact that it's directed by a director who's then gone on to make absolute masterpieces as well. So I think if that who, who, sorry, so who, who who has completely disowned Alien Three for yeah. good reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So you speak there of it being disowned. So um, if you want to give the audience just a brief. You know some brief summaries of of yeah the production hell that this film had. I think it is up there with like what is it? Um, oh, what's after the film got ahead? Another Terry Gilliam <laughs> film. Um, uh, Twelve Monkeys. No, not Twelve Monkeys. Oh, um, um, oh you're Jabberwocky. talking about um, Don Quixote. Yes, Don Quixote. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, the Island of Doctor Munro. I think those two films kind of are just a little bit above this one, but just- it's still had an awful production history from yeah, what I hear just a quick sidebar have both of you seen yeah. that documentary about the island of Dr Moreau the um, no I'd oh, love to see it guys uh, watch it because it's it's. Fun. I think any film that has such a troubled production any documentary about that production is worth watching um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The they tend to be Dr. better Moreau. than the films don't they <laughs> I think it's yeah. called Island of Darkness uh, uh, give, give it a watch but Ba- yeah, sure. Basically, um, because aliens. Uh, so when when James James Cameron made Aliens, um, he wasn't given a huge budget. It was a very difficult production. Um, the studio didn't have that much faith because at that time sequels weren't considered to really be much of a of, of a money maker. So it was. They, didn't, they never made money, did they? They they no. made a bit of money, but they never made more money than the original film did. Yeah, I think, and, and they received wisdom, and, and it was I, true. I think because Alien had such a, a finite ending, it was you know Ripley. Mm-hmm. Blast that 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 sucker you know out into space and and everyone can relax and she's got the cat and she's in the cryopod and everything's fine. So it was a risk and uh, the the when they filmed Aliens in in London they were beset with uh, production difficulties. I think they had to ha- the fire the um, the initial producer and ha- and find a. Um, uh, a new producer and James Cameron's wife, Gail Ann Hurd, at the time um, uh, was assisting. It, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't a, an easy shoot, but the film was such a giant success that, of course, 20th Century Fox said, "Right, we've got to make um we've got to make a third one." And mm. yeah, it was probably one of the most difficult um, films to to uh, develop in the history of Hollywood filmmaking. It went through <laughs> several different writers and different directors um, going through draft after draft after draft, uh, directors would walk away and new directors were hired and um, there was a a New Zealand filmmaker called Vincent Ward who um, has made some beautiful films uh, including uh, Map of the Human Heart and a Robin Williams film uh, oh dear! What uh, what's it called? Uh, what dreams may come. Mm. Oh, I remember that. Beautiful, uh, visually stunning movies, but he wasn't necessarily the, the the perfect choice to direct a kind of Hollywood sequel machine that that the Alien franchise uh, demands. But he mm-hmm. um, he wrote a draft about a wooden planet floating in space that was populated. I have heard of the, I yeah. have heard of the wood um, planet um, theory it, and. God, I would have loved to have seen that. It, 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 I think it was voted in the Guardian a few years ago as the the number one greatest uh, lost film we never had, um, you know, yeah. uh, in the history of of mainstream cinema. And so, yes, he he pitched this whole idea of a a floating wooden planet populated by zealous monks, where Ripley crash lands mm. in her escape pod, and uh, there's a there's a whole religious allegory, and so. 
um, Norman Baker, the, the, the genius set designer, started uh, developing sets for that particular script. But then the studio kept, although they had green uh, greenlit that script for uh, Vincent Ward, they then started uh, demanding changes, and it got to the point where Vincent um, left the project just because of you know traditional creative differences. He just lost his passion for that film so mm. the the end result is very much kind of like a mixture of Vincent Ward's original vision and yeah. 20th Century Fox's meddling so the wooden planet became a prison planet um, the zealous monks became inmates but they had a sort of a religion that they followed and poor David Fincher who has you know disowned that film it's very hard to find videos on youtube of him actually talking about it there's only a few because he really you know he was really bitter about the whole process but david fincher came in at the age of i think 27 which is just extraordinary it's extraordinary when, when, when you think about it um that's some sort of like awesome well shit isn't it yes you know no no I mean? no he really is and you know he came in to direct a film that didn't have a finished script where half of the sets were designed for scripts that was all, that was thrown out so yeah. he had he had a miserable time um uh directing it and I, I you know i don't blame him that he um disowned it but the version of the film that i love is not the theatrical cut which was david fincher's uh vision butchered by the studio with lots of reshoots the version i love which is called the uh, the 2003 special edition. It's not a director's cut because Fincher has disowned the film, so there will never yeah. there will never be a director's cut of Alien Three. But the special edition is as close to his original vision as we're ever going to get. Um, yeah. And since as I said earlier, the assembly cut, isn't it? That's what they call it. Um, I think there's. I think he asked a producer to edit it when he was asked to edit it. From what I read. I mean, there, there, are, there, are, there, are, there are, there's, there's so many. It's a bit like Blade Runner. There are so many different versions of that film. There, there is a, there is a work print, which I, which I, I'm one of these sad, strange people who has tried to find the work print, and you know, it's an incredibly low resolution, terrible audio version of Alien Free, but it has a little, you know, extra. It, it's a bit like I suppose when you when you have a favourite film and then you find out there are loads of deleted scenes. You want to find those deleted scenes. You want to watch them because you're curious. You you want to see how did that scene fit in? Why was it cut? Is that is that scene any good? Did it add more? And you know um, to go just to quickly shout out to the now deceased Joel Schumacher. Batman Forever has loads of deleted scenes which I didn't discover till I was. 18 years old and you know as, mm. as a film that was that meant so much to me as a child when you suddenly find out oh my god there's all this extra footage I never knew about yeah. you know yeah. you get really excited uh, that's that's wonderful uh, so yes yeah, so that's the troubled history of it and as you said David Fincher's disowned it uh, so really the next question I have for you Gareth then is what do you think Sam will like about this film well Sam, I'm not well, going to pretend. Well, well. I'm not going to pretend that I I I know your soul, despite you telling me <laughs> that you you practice psychology. Um, <laughs> what I what I would say stop is, practicing, get on with it. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I would say is Alien Free is not. You have to be in a particular kind of mind to to actually watch the film. It, it is not a sort of popcorn experience um it's very bleak very dark a very nihilistic film in a way uh and the special mm. edition is is about 
two hours and 24 minutes so it's not um, a short watch so um, I suppose how you feel about it a lot of that is based on um, the mood you're in when you decide um, to watch it but what I would say um, what to Sam about what he would get out of it is yeah. I, I think for me it is a very satisfying conclusion to the Ripley story it might not be the conclusion people wanted but it does tie up the journey that that character goes on in those three films. You have, you obviously have to ignore Alien Resurrection, and as we talked about earlier, that's kind of like a distant cousin to the the, the for me the main three films. But it, it it does conclude the 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 Ripley story in a way that I think is fitting to the the bleakness and darkness of the the Alien universe. Okay, okay. And so I suppose here's the real question, given it's, you know, what people have said about it over the years. Um, so what do you think Sam might not like about this film? Well, um, it, yeah, I mean, just repeating what I said earlier, it, it, it is certainly bleak, it is certainly dark, it is certainly a film that doesn't have a lot of hope. I mean, mm. if you're not a fan of David Fincher's work, you're not going to like this film. Having said that, it is the least Fincher of all of his movies because it's his first film and also he, he lost editorial um, control. So, you know, it's a film about loss. It's a film about death, about uh, grief and, and acceptance. A lot of the characters have their own troubled, tormented past. So it's not that it's not a film where it's very easy to root for anyone except for maybe Ripley because we... We've seen her in Alien and Aliens and we want her to kind of win. And also the look of the film is so overwhelmingly bleak that you could visually just get just get tired of watching it because <laughs> it's such a depressing kind of universe. It's such a depressing kind of planet, you know? So um, uh, there, there, are, there are plenty of reasons to not like Alien Three. Believe me, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm aware of them. Um, <laughs> it, it, I think it really, You've heard them. <laughs> yeah, I think it really depends on what your um, attitude is as you're going into okay. it. Okay, fair enough. Now, normally, what we would do on the podcast is I would give some of my opinions. You know, saying why I, I like the film. What well, I think some might not have liked about the film, um, but I think as it was as we said, we're changing the format somewhat this episode. So I think we're going to have a break, and then when we come back from the break. We're going to get Sam's opinions, and then in some in there somewhere, my opinion will also come out. So what, you'll get views and Sam's opinions Sam's in one opinions episode, in one section. Sam, good God, and who who could have thunk it? Does the That's internet have I, that sort of wattage? I don't know, like but we'll, we will certainly we'll find, out. find out. So, coming up after the break, we'll have Sam's opinions and Hugh's views. Exciting stuff, listeners. Join us after the break. Hello and welcome back to the second part of Please Watch This. So now we are going to get Sam's opinions on Alien 3. So Sam, what? Mm. tell us how you agreed with Gareth. What did you like about this film? Tell me, <laughs> tell so, me why. As we always do with this show, you know, we never we never reveal our thoughts. I genuinely don't know what you think. No, I haven't a notion. You don't know what I, do, what I think. I do feel you still don't know I what still, I think. I just... Um, spat a bit there. I do feel odd that I still don't know what Hugh thinks and I'm giving my opinions. Yeah. But here we go. Let's go for it. Gareth, are you ready? Are you, are you sitting down? Oh, I'm ready. I'm re I'm so ready. 
Actually, in fact, just before, in Ooh. fact, Sam, I have a question for you. I have a question. Oh, a dear. little bit similar to So what was your opinion or what was your thoughts or what did you know sort of about mm. the reception of this film before? I, I knew people really didn't like it. And what I knew uh, was something that I thought was going to happen uh, in Aliens. It's been, a, it's been a while since we watched that. It was about 90 episodes ago, so I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> I really didn't know anything. I think I knew that... Um, it was only told that the other two people who were in the pod with Ripley uh, died in a text thing. And people were yeah. really pissed off about that. And yeah. I just knew people didn't like it as much, but I didn't really know why. So I was intrigued. Right, okay. So yeah, so let's let's go with the positives as we always do, because we, we try right. to be positive. So here. yeah. What did you like about this film? I was baffled. I genuinely don't understand why people hate this film. Okay. Or dislike so, it. So what specifically did you like about it? I specifically liked, and in fact, I'm echoing something that um, the my colleague and good friend Tom uh, Tom Bellamy, who's a regular listener, uh, said about this film when I asked Man on Fire. Uh, uh, guest, that's the other. To- that's another Tom. Was oh, that is, a uh, different uh, Tom? I've got, an- I've got oh. another Tom. Yeah, this There's one's too the, many Toms. Uh, is a psychologist sorry. like me. So, what was the other Tom called? Sinachi Holland. Oh, sorry, Tom. Oh, okay. Holland. Friend of the show, Sinachi Holland. Anyway, so uh, Tom Bellamy, um, he said I will like this film because he asked me. What do I prefer, Alien or Aliens? And I said I prefer Alien because, as much as I like Aliens and respect it, and I can understand why it's in the list of great sequels and so on, and why people would think it's better than the first, you know, it's it's bombastic and it's and it's combat and it's action. Whereas I much prefer Alien because it's a bit more like the thing, you know, and I prefer mm. that suspenseful kind of horror thing. Mm. And to be honest, it's been a, a good few years since I saw the first one, so I I don't know actually how to compare them. Anyway. The, what I liked about Alien, th- Alien 3 was it's a return to the Alien uh, it's closer to the original Alien than Aliens in that it's about kind of the suspicion and, and the drawn out tension rather yeah. than uh, combat and, and action really um, the mystery I, think, I suppose perhaps. yeah yeah, and I, I've got to echo the things that Gareth has said about the aesthetic it is really uh, oppressive and all the things that Gareth said I might not like about it actually a lot of the things I do like about it I am uh, quite nihilistic myself and grungy so I did I do really appreciate <laughs> the everyone's going to die here uh, sort of thing you know as, as as terrible as Game of Thrones season 8 was I really liked the episode before the night of the long night of whatever where they're all oh, sort the of one where they're all around. sat around yeah. they're sat around going well we're probably going to die tomorrow so let's all sit around a campfire and tell stories and I really like that and I, I mm. kind of like it in here but I just I love the tension of you've got this you know killing machine out there but she's also in a prison <laughs> with full of terrible terrible criminal men who haven't seen a woman in years uh, mm. and it really for me brings out some of the greatest qualities of Ripley you know we have I have to say one of the best female characters one of the best characters of all time but especially the, the female aspect because as far as I understand it she wasn't even initially written to be gender specific um, or at least they just, just I don't know if it, either of you can educate me on that yeah I think it I think it was yeah it, I think it was technically a man when they wrote Alien wasn't it but they just decided to cast um Sigourney Weaver and they realised she she had so little dialogue I suppose <laughs> and I think it's it's almost a happy accident that she became the star of this franchise wasn't it because I think in the original Alien I think Tom Skerritt is the first name that, that comes up isn't it it's not even right. uh, Sigourney Weaver in the credits wow. yeah um, well that was much more of an ensemble well I guess they all are yeah. ensembles aren't they but they're all ensembles aren't they a great really? female character because she's not 
a female character. She's a character who happens to be female. Um, yeah. And she doesn't follow many of the tropes. Not even a lot of the strong uh, female, you know, the, the virgin who never dies uh, in horror, mm. in slasher horror kind of things. Mm. You know, she's in this place where they they're all obviously want to have sex with her. And yet she's the one who seduces, uh, you know, a guy there because she's like, you know, it's, it's been a while, basically. Um, she's sort of sexual without being overly sexualized. She's often in her pants a little bit, but she's not... She's not weak. Um, even when she's even when she's vulnerable, you know that if she was not outnumbered or whatever, she would hold her own. If that makes sense. Um, and she's yeah. she's she's not a damsel in distress, even if she does need rescuing ones. Um, she's made an amazing performance and amazing character. Uh, sort of yeah. yeah, a brilliant character. Yeah, and I, I so the next question I suppose I have is obviously because it's like a David Fincher film um, what did you sort of think of the direction of this film you know did you see something me and uh, Gareth me and Sam have started talking about a lot recently is uh, director author, authorship isn't it authorialship we've never decided what to call it um, we've never decided <laughs> but we've noticed that, that obviously you know that you, certain directors have a style mm. a lot of our laments is when we see a decent film but we don't really feel like the director's voice has come through through their visual imagery and stuff like that so yeah. um, what did you kind of think of the setting the you know I, I, is I, I, something I thought the, and is the, it felt like a very English film rather mm. than an American film if that yeah. makes sense because of most of the inmates were English the the guards were English the the um, the doctors English every there's so there's only a couple of Americans and there's only one real American that has two Americans sorry that have that obviously one's the star and the other one's probably you know third or fourth build you know what I mean and he becomes a more yeah. important character as the film wears on well I so was I think that's I was very only, peculiar almost I was only sort of consciously aware that David Fincher directed it um, mm. you know if you just showed me that film and asked me to identify the director and said it's a well known director who did this I wouldn't have mm. thought of David Fincher because um, as Gareth said he sort of you know he, he worked out a lot of those things later and presumably this is kind of his film but not his film as well um, yeah. I, I liked it there's about halfway through where I was thinking oh yeah this is a, a proper director who directed this I wonder if it's good because it's not really something I notice or look for so I started looking okay. at blocking and um, certain decisions like that and I thought it's quite interesting there's a lot of like use of um, kind of Shots looking up at characters when we're getting a kind of power dynamic when we're when we're trying to be a bit intimidated by the prisoners. A lot of them are higher up. Maybe there's an element there where they're sort of looking down. Um, but I really don't know technically enough about directing to to comment other than to say that it was effective. You know, and it's I yeah. can only say it from a from an emotional yeah. feeling rather than a, you know yeah. Uh, this is and again this is sort of the same question for yourself, Gareth. As a Fincher project you were saying that this feels like his most unfincher-like film because he was so young when he made it and you know he was still probably finding that that voice so to speak um in his filmmaking technique and all that um would you do you, do you see what do you agree with sam disagree what's your um, thoughts on this yeah so whenever i watch a david fincher film i always feel like i'm being punished for watching a david fincher film um <laughs> i love seven i love fight club i um 
Uh, uh, you, know, you, you, you know the rules around Fight Club, yeah? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, um, just checking. I enjoy, uh, thank you. I, I, well, sadly, Meatloaf has passed away now, so... Oh, uh, uh, I think you'll find his name was Robert Paulson. I do apologise. <laughs> um, I think, um, by the way, just incidentally, I don't, know if you'll, oh, yeah. I don't know if you'll keep this in the podcast, one of the greatest yeah, lines yeah, of, of screenwriting dialogue um, ever is in the film Fight Club, where... Um, Edward Norton is pretending that he has, uh, is it cancer? And he's attending yeah. these cancer yeah. therapy talk sessions. And so then, he can get sleep, can't he? Because so, he yes. can't sleep, so it uh, uh, helps him. And then he meets uh, Helena Bonham Carter, and he knows yeah. that she, she, like him, she doesn't have cancer, and she's there at the um, these, these therapy talk sessions. And Especially the testicular that, cancer one. <laughs> that was a bit of a given. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I, think, I, think, I think they're in a diner somewhere where um, mm. he's like challenging her, sort of saying, you know, why the hell are you, are you, um, why are you doing this? You know, you don't have cancer and you shouldn't be doing this. And she kind of says the same to him. But she says something which I think is very profound in that film where she says, um, the reason I go to these sessions is because when people talk, you're, you you are actually listening to what they they're saying, instead of just waiting for your turn to speak. Mm, and when yeah. I when I heard that line when I was maybe I don't know, uh, fifteen sixteen years old, I thought that was so profound because, yeah, human interaction in general is just literally listening to someone but waiting for your turn to interrupt or yeah. Yeah. Well, speak. as as uh, as as someone who's uh, as you know, right, as someone who's writing a screenplay, as, yourself, so, as someone who is a uh, mind hunter. <laughs> well, I, I um, there was Charlie Brooker, who, who we all know is a good writer. Uh, he said the best advice given to him, and it was given to him on an episode of Screenwipe, was uh, by Russell T Davis, and he said, "Dialogue is just two uh, monologues clashing." Uh, kind of following mm. that same that same idea, you know, and you see yeah. a lot of film directors and film writers was, trying to make use. You know, of it's that. funny you say that, that about that. There's um, this is a bit of a tangent now, but there's a wonderful there was a wonderful um, comedy dramedy, I think they're called, aren't they? It's comedy technically. Uh, did you ever see the show Fresh Meat? Yeah. No, that it's really good. Um, but in that, they did that a lot, where the characters were basically they were talking, but they were monologuing about their own problems mm-hmm. to somebody else monologuing about their own yeah, problems. Exactly. And that and it was so well written those little and it was sort of mutual therapy, wasn't it? Because they just walk away having resolved their yeah, issue yeah, by having spoken yeah, yeah. about it. It doesn't matter what the other yeah, person they, says. And they haven't actually helped the other person; they've just <laughs> talked the problem like that. But yeah, so so yeah, bringing it back to yes, Alien. So 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 bringing it back to um, David Fincher. I I think um, Fincher, even 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 at the age of twenty seven, um, was such a talented director that he. Uh, I remember reading a, um, an interview he did on Alien Three, where um, he was deliberately shooting the film in a way where he knew that the studio couldn't, if they fired him, they couldn't take his rushes and cut them however the way uh, however they wanted <laughs> so he he was deliberately filming it in such a way that how do you do that well a lot curious. a lot of it uh, I'll, I'll give you a good example there's a scene where they're trying to trap the alien in these um in the vents they know the aliens oh, yeah. in the vents mm. and so that their plan is to cover the vents in this flammable smelly oh, yeah. um liquid and there's a scene where um, the doors open and 85 is explaining how flammable this liquid is and it's all shot in this very very slow creeping dolly shot where the camera is constantly mm. moving and I think I think at the time Fincher felt if I shoot it in this way when it comes to the edit 
they won't be able to to cut this the way they want because of the way I've shot it. So they'll they'll have, <laughs> they'll, they'll be forced to, to keep it the way I want it to be. <laughs> it's just that's, not getting that... the coverage. It's just not getting. <laughs> yes, the, yeah, no, exactly. That <laughs> so that's great, isn't it? Because he knows he knows exactly what he's doing that that mm. shows that that sort of mastery of filmmaking but already. also that he was already that pissed age, off with them at the time absolutely I think you know the, the, the film itself is about nihilism I'm sure Fincher felt nihilistic when he was looking on that film like, look any any, any director particularly a, a director in his late 20s who was given a 65 million dollar film for, for someone like that to literally literally disown the film you have to really piss that guy off for, for, for that individual to <laughs> for him to not just be eternally grateful it. for the opportunity <laughs> yeah no I mean I, you know you know. funnily enough there is if you watch the, the making of of that film there is little a bit of uh, archive footage of Sigourney Weaver talking about David Fincher and she says you know one of the reasons why I really liked him is because even though he's so young he's not one of these people who's kind of like oh golly gee thank you for this great opportunity to make this film he's very much like no fuck you I'm going to do it the way I want I'm sorry if I, if swearing is not allowed on no, your it's podcast very, it's encouraged. Oh. But, well you, you know, fucked it now aren't you so yeah, it's fine. yeah obviously but you no know, I, 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 th- I, th- I think Fincher you know he he was Fincher was he had a, uh, both hands tied behind his back he was given a film with a huge budget that was already over budget with a script that wasn't finished and he was trying to, to, to make it his own thing. And so he was shooting it in such a way where he knew that the studio was going to try and interfere. So he shot it so that they could interfere, you know, without compromising his um, his, uh, his his vision. Um, it's incredible yeah. because the, all the cast is older than him. And it's like when a football manager takes over a club and, you know, Buffon is older. Like the goalkeeper's older than the manager by five years or whatever. It's... it's the, the balls on him and obviously you know as we know from his, his 30 year career that he's had since then it's you know he's maintained that level of integrity uh, a couple yeah. a couple of points um, Brian Glover who as you said earlier just plays Brian Glover nothing, <laughs> nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that in, that in a film yeah. but um, Fincher because he was having such a tough time dealing with the studio executives he very much confided in Brian Glover but also, when you think about it, a film where Pete Postlethwaite is the seventh most important <laughs> cast member of your film, yeah. that is a bloody good cast. Whoever yeah. was the casting yeah. director of that film ex- deserves an Oscar because, yeah. you know, Sigourney and Charles S. Dutton and Brian Glover and, um, oh God, this is terrible, I've forgotten the actor who plays 85. But, you know, the uh, cast Barbara is Brown. wonderful in that film. Yeah. You know, absolutely yeah. wonderful. And I think Fincher... If he had been given the the faith, if he had maybe been a bit older, or maybe he, he had a, uh, a hit film before mm. doing Alien Three, maybe the studio would have given him that leeway. But the, the 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 whole tragedy for him with that film was that he was denied the opportunity to make the film he wanted to make, and that's why and yeah. people like me. You know, oh, a special edition which isn't director's cut. That's why we, we gravitate towards it because it's a lot better than what the studio did after they well, fired him. Even with his hands behind his back, he made one of your top five favorite films of all time. What could he have done if he well, was allowed the man, to? The, man, the man's a genius. Yeah. Would he have ruined it with his ego? Would it have just gotten away from him? <laughs> so, I'm, I'm gagging for Hugh's views. Yeah, so Hugh, let's tell, let's us, do... tell us the things you liked, and then we can. Both okay, we'll do go what with we the, like what, after that. We'll go with what I liked, and. Yeah. 
So with this film, so you've mentioned the 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 atmosphere of this film is that is it is a big selling point of yeah. you know this is why I was asking about authorial director authorialship is because. <laughs> <laughs> just every time you say it, you're not sure. I just, like, I just never get it quite right. Gonna add? <laughs> I, I want to say authorship, and then I go, no, it's authorialship, isn't I think it? You can say authorship. And extra. All, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. But yeah, so so yeah, and it was interesting. I was saying to you before, and that you know the three films very much represent the three decades that they were probably made in right. uh, most starkly. You know, maybe only maybe the Rocky films <laughs> come close to that yeah. sort of <laughs> level of sort of. Um, representing different eras and different mm. decades um, and yeah with this film I very much felt that it was you know the atmosphere was very like the, the so like when you look at so in the first two films there's a there's a big emphasis on the fear of the unknown isn't there do you yeah. know what I mean yeah and it's the fear of you know what? Where is it? Where are they? You know they could, they're anywhere. They're everywhere. You know you don't you, you know you don't know when it's going to come and kill you and all this jazz. And but with this film, because obviously you know you get audience fatigue, don't you? The audience knows that. Oh well, if that character's done that, they're fucked. Then aren't they? So yeah. so I think what you get with this is. It, it has to have now I've, I have seen some negative comments where it's like oh it's a retread of the first one but I don't think it's a retread of the first one because it's a different it's completely you know you're on a planet like one of the things that's interesting like you were saying is they decide to stay in this you know in this sort of environment and I think you know that's probably the what for the wise because of the the environment the prison colony is located on it's not meant to be a nice place to be that's why it's a prison um yeah but I, a part of me was like well what if they just legged it from this prison would the alien chase after them or would it not know where well, they've it's gone 40 you the old, as you know the sun doesn't come up for yeah is it well there you go but, <laughs> but is that but is that more chance have you got a better chance of survival out in the wild when you're a hundred miles away from the alien mm. or could, would it track you down and that's something that would be interesting so I did and like you said like I was curious where did they actually film it is it all a set or did they find some disused coal plant somewhere prison in colony England? on a planet I think it's a planet obviously it's a pl- I mean, planet. yeah but, I mean that's what they would have done Sam but you know budgetary restraints Budget. and all that yeah if it was 100 million they'd be out there like one six one. Yeah, Gareth. Yeah, yeah. There's of physics and budget. Well, uh, they mostly filmed it on the Pinewood Studios back lot. However, there is yeah. a beach in Derbyshire. Um, uh, I, I think it's called Blast Beach. Where they have, um, they, sorry, they have they, beaches in Derbyshire. I thought I, Derbyshire was Langley. Um, no, oh god. You know what? I don't know if you'll keep this in, but I'm going to do this right <laughs> now fine. because I, because because I googled this earlier, so I want to make yeah. sure I've got it right. So, no, um, yeah, I could be wrong. There might be beaches in Derbyshire. I thought it was up in like Durham or something. Ah, like yes. That. Sorry, you're quite right. It is not Derbyshire. It is. Durham, the Durham coast. Famous beaches of Derbyshire. Yes, yes. I do apologise. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who is very much a southerner. And yeah, I grew up in North Wales, so it's it's even worse. Um, So yes, you're quite right. You must be enjoying the the weather now. It must make you feel very homely. Uh, So... so, He's singing it's about the, the valleys the, um, and he's really getting into yeah, it. Yeah. It's the it's the Durham the wind, coast. The rain. So they filmed some they filmed some exteriors on the Durham coast at a uh, uh, Blast Beach. Uh, with, yeah. That's when in the special edition when Ripley's you know Sigourney Weaver's like washed up on the shore and uh, Charles Dance um, finds her and you know picks her up. That was all Durham, but the majority of the film is just Pinewood Studios from Windsor. So it's just a studio 
Yeah, so I did mean, they do the casting in the week that amazing. they were at Durham Beaches? They were like, let's just while we're here, <laughs> let's get <laughs> let's some Northerners. Pick up a whole of Northerners we can find. I mean, I don't, I don't know who the uh, truthfully, I don't know who the casting director is, but I, I you know, like, not personally, I mean, yeah, no, don't, not, me, don't go tip pub with them. Not, yeah, not personally, but honest, honestly, if you have got Charles Dance and uh, Brian Glover, Pete Possefwaite, there is there are so many British actors, um, it, and. One of, the, one of the criticisms of the film at the time was when American audiences watch it, watched it, they um, they couldn't differentiate who was who because everyone was bald. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so they were kind of like, who, who's this character? They all look the same. And um, I sort of did the same, even as, a, even as a bold northern man. And um, it was just, well, that's in yeah, there. You know Sam wasn't in... in this film. You know what, Sam? You know what, Sam? If you were an alien free and you had like one line of dialogue, I would be yeah. worshipping you as a god because you're an alien free. <laughs> I mean, to get a line in that film, you have to, ha- you have to be quite a good actor. To do that, and you have so to like have, have you have to have been at least one Oscar nominated film. I I'm reckon sure. you can yeah. do, Pete you, you can do in... Paul McGann, you know, in the straight jacket oh, yeah, talking about that. the dragon. <laughs> well, was, um, it was kind of like, oh, that's inmate one, inmate two, Paul McGann, uh, Ralph Rouser, <laughs> inmate four, <laughs> Pete Postlethwaite. Pete Postlethwaite. It gets about six lines of dialogue. Somehow, inmate seven, it? inmate eight. Oh, yeah. Charles Dance. Yeah. <laughs> Very handsome, Charles Dance. Dashing yeah, Charles Dance. Yeah, he looks. It's weird to see. It's weird to see him that young, isn't it? Because it he really is. Most yeah. of my viewing of I Charles think the youngest Dance I've seen him was um, Last Action Hero when he, which is like two years after this. But he looks so he. 50. So much older. <laughs> yeah, it's the bad guy with the glass eye. I think some of that maybe Americans won't appreciate is there is a there is a cool or unusual power dynamic at play that the the governor of the prison is this you know properly northern man. He's basically the, a football coach in Barnsley who's uh, yeah. pretending to be. I'll, I'll be Bobby. Mo- I'll be Bobby Robson. Not Bobby Robson. Yeah, I'll be. Um, Thingy. A footballer, and um, <laughs> and obviously Charlton. you've got this very oh, sorry, upper class. I'll be Charlton. You've got this very upper class Englishman going. Well, I find you odious, or not? Mm. Oh, I find you not very nice. I find to be you around. unpleasant to be around. Unpleasant to be around. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, so that was kind of an interesting dynamic that maybe Americans didn't pick up on. Just, you just, like just, a subversion I, of class. I, I know we're, we're cheesing roles. here, and I know this is part of your podcast, but when it comes to favourite lines. Mm. Uh, Brian Glover saying this is rumour control here are the facts and, and he's, got, he's got this like little rubber ball in his hands that he kind of yeah. juggles is it just because he's so northern it's almost a disability I just, is, that, I is just, that why it sounds good I absolutely like, love it and I love this is rumour control here are the facts and I love how 85 is so sycophantic in his worship mm. of him right it's sir wonderful. you called it sir absolutely sir yeah, just and I've never his, seen Ralph Brown like that you know I've seen him as Daniel yeah. with Dill and I and uh, Winsworth and we saw him in Stoker as the uh, police officer that uh, um, well, Wayne's World Two, his, his magnum sorry, opus, Wayne's World Two. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, bizarre. Well, I mean, speaking of the format of the show, Hugh, should we get into what we didn't like? Do you have well, this here, well, One. as you should, 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 should I take the sacrament now? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, 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 so, Sam, you. Yeah, Sam, you were the uh, recommendee. So, oh, sure. Yeah. Tell sure, us what I you didn't that. like about this film. Uh, well, I, I tell you what, I, I watched this when I was very tired, and there was a. Chunk That's always a ringing endorsement of any film. There was a chunk in the middle where I was dozing off a bit. There was, it was basically 
things are happening slowly, but the film has to go at a pace where it's um, it's believable the rescue team are going to get there in a certain amount of time, and they have to learn a lot of things slowly one at a time. And is it Golic Goric, uh, the Paul McGann character? I think it's Golic, isn't Golic. it? Golic. You know, he's got to do uh, he's got to do what he's got to do and let the thing out. And there was just a th- a bit. A, obviously, we watched the longer version, so nearly two and a half hours. I saved, left it a bit too late in the day to watch it. Long day, etc. And I was drifting off a bit in the middle. And I feel like, uh, I've said before with Schindler's List, actually, I watched that when it was very, very late, and it's, you know, two and a half, whatever, three hours, and I didn't, you know, blink, really, the whole time, no heavy (laughs) eyelids, whereas with this film, I was getting a bit heavy-lidded in that bit, and I thought, oh, is this why people don't like it, because they think it's a bit slow or something? I I don't really know. So, that's just purely based on, based on, again, an emotional experience to it, and I think that's that's maybe something that could be sped up maybe, basically maybe there's a few of those revelations that could have been done in a couple of scenes shorter than they were potentially and I think the other thing I would speak to is a, cliche, a bit of a cliche but a necessary one so I'm, I'm undecided whether I, I dislike this about the film or if I'm just pointing out something that is potentially wrong railing against uh, cliches <laughs> yeah yeah which was the the, the, uh, the man with authority doesn't believe the protagonist cliche uh, even oh, yeah. though people are dying, you know, kind of like yeah, Die yeah. Hard Two to bring back Die Hard. Uh, so is it two? Yeah, um, in the airport. That's Die Hard Two, or is that three? That's two, isn't it? Um, it's a bit frustrating, but you're supposed to be frustrated by that character. And I just thought it's a bit of a cliche, but was it a cliche in '92, or am I looking at it from 30 years hence? So that that was really the two things I picked up. I'm genuinely baffled why people don't like this film, why it doesn't sit neatly into a trilogy that people are like that's an excellent trilogy that's pretty consistently yeah. excellent that, that's well Sam gripes. Hugh, I'm, I have on, some I have some ideas why they may not have liked this film come on why don't people and, like this film very much Hugh why isn't and, it as classic as the first two and Gareth I, I really do hope you come back on the podcast and we do the lives of others I, I, I have to say this is a bad film it's not a good film and I, oh, Hugh, I, you're breaking up. I don't think your microphone's working anymore. And you're going to have to sit tight for a bit while me and Gareth yeah. talk about this film a little bit longer. <laughs> it's not... It's, it's just... And you know what? It's what it's as you said before, Gareth. It, it does smack of studio interference. And I can forgive it for that. I, this is a bad film, but I can... I, there are, after watching it all the way through and finally seeing it all... And obviously, I knew the end... I knew the, the end of the film... God, I must have known about the end of the film 25 years ago um, because I think somebody, I think my mum and her partner at the time had it on, got it on, rented it on video and I think I must have seen the end and had heard about the end. Can you you give me some bullet points? Why is this a bad film? Okay, I was just saying. Just just itemise it for me, if you will. But I'm just saying it does obviously, as you said, smacks of a lot of studio interference. Um, So I think maybe something... That didn't sit well with audiences at the time was oh, because you had twenty twenty two. Well, no, this doesn't bother me that much. Um, but obviously, after the bombastic nature of Aliens, you know, f- to have it as a uh, to go to that reduced grunge like atmosphere, I think maybe that didn't sit well with audience members if they were expecting this big action film you know because no no trailer for this film is going to have it as a as a sort of a slow burning horror film who's next sort of thing is it you know it's going to be 
it's going to be about the action scenes, the the explosions, the the gunshots, the the deaths, well, and all that. Sorry, do you know what I'm saying? Here, but a, qu- a quick question, Gareth. Of the first two, do you have a strong opinion as to which is better? Oh, good question. They're very different films. The first film is, as you've said, it's kind of like a haunted house in space with um, yeah. with space truckers. And the second film is very much space a, truckers. Yeah, I love that saying. The, the, the second film is very much a. It's like a war film. It's an action film. Um, yeah. And but, but both films in their own genres are scary. I will say this: yeah. uh, you know, hands hands on my heart as a, as a gigantic fan of Alien Three. Alien Three is not a scary film. Absolutely, I, you know. If anyone said, oh, "Well, I, I wasn't scared watching it," that's that's. Um, if anyone <laughs> said, point, if, any, if, yeah. if anyone said, um, "I wasn't scared watching it," I would I would totally understand because it's it, it isn't a scary film, and I don't think Fincher. I don't think Fincher is the right director to do scary films. To, to, I've never watched a Fincher film going, "Oh, I'm scared." I've, I've watched a Fincher <laughs> film going, "Oh, I'm depressed." Oh, <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, I think a lot. Of thing, I think that a lot that helped say in Aliens was the fact they had the little um, the movement sensors, yeah. and that just that little oh, yeah. uh, beep. Beep, Absolutely. You know, when when beep, they when they when they go the into tension. the nest or, or when the face huggers are released yeah. and they're you know that it, it it's it's really scary but you know I, d- I don't want to like cut off your your um your 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 coda I just um for me how, what if you're gonna do a third film in this franchise how hmm. how do you end it how do you tie it up how, what what it's a what, good question. what 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 do you do with with this with this giant franchise and i think the idea of ripley having an alien inside her and she basically is yeah. faced with the choice of you know what what, what am i going to do am i going to kill myself am i going to try and defeat the alien what do i do i think it is it, it is a a really good end ending chapter of of a trilogy the problem is what they did was they they then did a fourth film then they did aliens versus predator yeah. and yeah you know it, covenant they, and prometheus yeah and, and, and i don't there. i'm not against the idea of of learning about the origins of the alien but i think alien free if, if alien if alien resurrection didn't exist i think mm-hmm. alien free would actually be more um Momentous. It's the fact that they made that fourth film and they brought Ripley back. It kind of diminishes the yeah. whole point of the third. They should film. have called it Alien Paycheck, shouldn't they? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why Sigourney, because at the time of Alien Three, Sigourney Weaver was was she wanted to kill the character off. She was done. You know, she had done two yeah, films yeah. and. You know, she yeah. wanted to move on, so I, I guess they must have, you know, it's like 13, offered, 14 years of her life. They must have offered her a it, giant you know, paycheck, paycheck to yeah. do Alien Four. Oh, definitely, yeah. absolutely. But, but so that to, was sort of just sorry my to go to under- round, just sorry to just round this off. So basically, my, my thinking is that uh, I think if you prefer Aliens to Alien, I could mm. see why you wouldn't like this as much. Like you say, to go from that combat war film, bombast. yeah. I um, mean, for my for myself, Sam, I I like them both in different ways. If that makes sense, yeah. I like I I think only simply because I saw Aliens first before I saw Alien. Do I probably have a, you know, it's that like Gareth said at the beginning of the episode where he he loves the film Batman Forever because he saw it at such a young age. I saw Aliens at quite a young age, yeah. so I just have a it has a special place in my sort of childhood memories of fun Saturday afternoons watching films I shouldn't have been watching frankly yeah. if that makes sense um, but yeah to, but that was that's maybe something I think maybe the audience at the time and maybe that's why it didn't sit well with critics and I think 
as I said, it's a very it's quite an English film, and I think maybe again that maybe didn't do well in America because they, you know, overseas only exists as bad guys to Americans. So you know maybe that's something to do with it. Um, Last Action Hero, for example. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, the, my personal gripes with it, or the things I didn't quite enjoy, was um, so. I, and I can understand why they did this with one character because obviously they get put in the hypersleep and if you're in hypersleep you don't really age so obviously if they wanted to pick up Ripley and Newt's story after Aliens um, you know how do you go get a girl who's like 10 years old in Alien sorry in Aliens and then I think this is what like 6 years later so she'd been like 16 the actress how do you then have a little girl do that so I can understand in terms of you know the appetite for the to be a sequel therefore you know film make you know studios want to make sequels when they can make money i can i understand the business point of that um and i can i you know i can understand they had to kill her off because you know she's not she wasn't 10 years old anymore and it would have been very very strange if they had got a different 10 year old girl to play mm. new but it just cuts the legs from right under everything you go through watching aliens like you know these films are they're not easy watches at times because they are about characters that you grow to like and then them getting murderized left right and center and to see and to have Newt just die like a dickhead in a in a fire in space is oh it, it still annoys me now i'm really i still and I, I, it's, I could i could see how audiences at the time would feel that but i think it's the it's i feel the like that now. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the lack of sentimentality that you find in stories which is basically this story, this character has served their purpose. They've completed their arc. So yeah, what, but you don't look gonna, at it like just, that, do you? When you're watch watching them, a film, no, of course. But are we going to just watch them retire and be happy? Of course not, Gareth. What, what are your thoughts? No, well, I, I just, I just, I, I, I have to interject here because I think you, you've definitely, you, you've struck a chord. Um, the fact of the matter is, uh, yes, one of the reasons why this film is hated is, is because the fate of Hicks and Newt is, is so sort of. After after everything you go through, it's almost blasé, isn't it? Well, yes, and, 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 and the theatrical cut is even worse because, as you as you mentioned, wait, right at the start, there's this computer screen which has like a little image mm. of them, and it sort of says Corporal Hicks deceased, uh, unidentified, thirteen year old uh, female deceased, and it's so bleak, and it's so oh my god, is that what happened to them? But yeah, a couple of a couple of points. Um, for me, the Alien trilogy, because I view this as a trilogy, is all about Ripley, and it's about yeah, her yeah, growth yeah. and her arc. Yeah. However, imagine if we had an Alien 3 film where Newton Hicks survived. I'm willing to bet, and, and there are scripts where there are scripts where uh, Ripley um, is a minor character and Hicks is the protagonist and, and Newt is this supporting character, but... There was an idea, wasn't there, to make two films back to yes, back? There, yes, there was. I mean, yeah. I mean, God, there's so many different versions of Alien Three, and I think that's part of its of it of its kind of mystic appeal. But if you had an Alien Three film at it. where Michael Bean is back as Hicks, and you had a, a different you know actress who looked a lot like the the actress from from Aliens playing Newt, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be any different from Aliens. And yes, you, exactly. you, men- you mentioned earlier um, the the no, and that's um, a, you know what that's a, that's a fair. It's, you know it's not a story worth telling from my point. It's of view. a fair Sorry, criticism. We've seen but it, you, but we've got a character that we're invested in her survival. Why? What's wrong with having this because, being invested because in the survival of two other characters? The whole, and even if they the both, story. 
The yeah, best... but even if they both died during it, the, the course of Alien Three, you would still be sort of you'd be upset, but you could you could get that closure. And then, like you say, it's about Ripley. But go on, Gareth. You were going to say sorry, I interrupted. Uh, no, no, I interrupted you. Um, the best, the best. No, no, please. Yeah, I interrupted oh, you. Well, no, please, please, please. <laughs> go, on, go on, then. I'll, I'll uh, speak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the be- Stop interrupting, the, Sam. The be- yeah, shut up, Sam. Jeez. <laughs> the best, the best scene in Alien Three is for me at least is when Ripley is at her wits end the alien is loose um, mm. she wants to um, tell the rescue ship that's coming for her go away the site is toxic I don't you know you know the turn back and um, mm. uh, 85 refuses to let her you know I need that fucking code as she says and um, <laughs> she basically wanders into a basement because she knows yeah. that the alien can't kill her because it, she's carrying the um, the queen, the queen. Uh, embryo yeah. and yeah. she says uh, this great line where she says um, you've been in my life so long I can't remember anything else and for me mm. That's that, that was just Sigourney Weaver, not, right. not well, the that, 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 Yeah, she's yeah, saying that's the Fox executives. Um, but for me, that line, that line symbolises the whole trilogy, the whole saga. It's about yeah. Ripley's relationship with the alien, exactly. and, and, and not to sound too artsy fartsy, but maybe, maybe one of the reasons why Aliens vs Predator. Predator didn't work, why Prometheus didn't work, why uh, Alien Covenant didn't work is because all of the protagonists in those films didn't share the same symbiotic bond that Ripley had with the alien, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. Alien 3 is all about they're also very badly yes I mean, yes they're, they're all, I, I pray I pray Even, I pray you never do a podcast episode on Paul W.S. Anderson you know that would be terrible but I think for me Alien 3 and why I love it is it's a film that is tying up how does Ripley e- you know end this relationship with um, the the xenomorph and, it, and it's literally mm. her jumping into a um, uh, uh, a fire of lead a melting lead yeah, yeah. Because, I completely so, agree yeah. because the, the purpose of Newt is not for us to care about Newt. The purpose of Newt is to give her a daughter. Yes, yeah, so, so she, to, so so to, she to, can become the mother that she was denied being exactly, at the start yeah. of Aliens. And, and then, then, so, 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 so Alien 3. And then at the beginning of Alien won. 3, they deny that again. No, no, after but, all no, she's but she's absolutely. absolutely. Yes, she's, she, I mean, I d- Gareth, I'd be interested to know because I've not seen the, um, the, the, the original theatrical cut. There is a bit, there is a bit of closure for for her relationship with Newt in this film she is very you know she's looking for an alien in the autopsy and she's you can t- she's crying she's very upset was was the autopsy scene cut out of the original right, right well cut? so so David Fincher's original cut was about three hours long and it was full of the most apparently the most gruesome kind of gore that that you know would never see the light of day and the autopsy mm. scene as typical mm. for David Fincher uh, was incredibly graphic, and and they they, they cut it down. I'm I'm often reminded of that scene in Seven where they find that old guy who's like oh, sleeping on a bed. On the bed, no, yeah, and, and, still alive. And, and, and the SWAT guy says something like, "You got what you deserved, Jerry. You got what you deserved." <laughs> Not realizing that the guy is still alive, and then the doctor later sort of says, 
well, he's he's gone through all that and he still has hell to look forward to. <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like Fincher is most fuck you middle finger best. Um, yeah. But uh, I can't remember what your original question was. Oh yeah, the theatrical the theatrical cut. Um, was that was the that closure about her grieving over Newt because she does grieve over Newt in this film. So thought, yes, no, no, she does, and I think that I think that's entirely appropriate because again, it's yeah. a reminder that the alien has taken away from her something that she wanted, which is to be a mother. The alien but has done that. This is the but the problem with that is, and the fact that they've killed Newt off is, you've seen that her grieving over the loss of a daughter again. It's retreading old ground again because she she finds out at the beginning of Aliens that she's been asleep for about eighty years and her daughter's basically dead. And she can't see her, so she grieves again. But don't you think Aliens gives her the opportunity to become the mother that she always wanted to? For, yeah, that is her need in that film, isn't it? But I'm saying is you're seeing you're, you're seeing it retread again in Alien Three. But it's, anyway, it's, re- it's reverting back to the the base. It's like every new God of War film. You've got him to a godly status. Not film game. You got him to godly status at the end him. of the game, and then the next game, yeah. oh, they take all his powers away, and you've got to fight with that. Fair up, you know? Yeah. So this doesn't last for a week. I'll move on to a couple more of the things that I think what well, I didn't enjoy. Um, and it relates to this. So obviously, you lose two beloved characters from the from the first film. And um, me and Sam, we always talk about character a lot on this film and how just giving characters a bit of nuance or a bit of giving uh, giving characters in your film's character is something we really enjoy, even if it's completely pointless. Um, and in this film, two of the most character characters are killed off after an hour and ten minutes. And it really, really... I I don't want to swear. It really upset me. Obviously, I can understand, yeah, kill off uh, Clemens because, you know, he's the love interest. He's the the sane. He's, you know, he's he's a mirror to Ripley's sanity. And he's like, yes, I agree with you. And, oh, yes, frightfully odorous and all this. And being very Charles Dance about whatever. He doesn't even say that in this. Um, You know, the king of the north or whatever. (laughs) uh, What, you're afraid of dead whore? (laughs) (laughs) and and yeah so he um, so I can understand that's like the you know again we talk you know a a big theme of this this film is nihilism isn't it and you know she loses this man she's just kind of attracted to and you know feels some kinship with and then you get rid of uh, what's he called Brian, Brian is it Brian Glover no yeah Brian Glover and his character even though he's an odorous character and you don't like him and he's he's you know he's he's all the the wrong things that are wrong in some people and um, yeah it's just you've taken you've, you've spent an hour introducing us to these two characters who love or hate them are interesting and you've killed them off and you've just like that and I, you know, I could, one of them fine, but both of them after you lose Hicks and and New, and then the only other character that's left other than Ripley, who you've got any affinity with as an audience member, is Dylan. And thankfully, Dylan lasts pretty much to the very end of the film. And then that moves into my next point that I wanted to say 
and, and these are kind of joined is you know you were joking earlier about Pete Postlethwaite and uh, Paul McGann is you've got these actors these amazing actors who just like Pete Postlethwaite like what the fuck <laughs> why aren't you using him you've got this ensemble cast you've got Dylan who's an interesting character you know this this man who's found God and leads his you know, he wants to re-educate the brothers from time to time. And then you've got Pete Postlethwaite just sat there, one of the best actors not ever. a single he's monologue. Just, <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not given any character. I, 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 think, think, I think he's given like a tiny little shank as his weapon yeah. against the alien. And it's so pathetic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and, that, yeah and it leads into the next side of this. Is, there is a valid criticism in the fact they all kind of do look very similar. Um, it is sometimes very hard to discern one character from the other. Now, uh, uh, you know, I'm not saying all bald men look alike or whatever. That'd be well, ridiculous. Or men with shaved heads. Racist. But yeah, it would be baldest at best. Yeah. But I think you're the baldest. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Wait a <minute>. um, <laughs> <laughs> with, is it baldest with an I or an E? <laughs> you, you choose. Um, and yeah, a lot of it, there's not enough characters, you don't get enough character moments with the remaining characters for me to be invested when they do die. Uh, I think that's fair. Like, that's the sort of Game of Thrones... Uh, uh, to, to say it again for the third time, really, that's their yeah. their quandary they have to solve. Which is, if you're gonna if you're gonna kill off major characters and surprise the audience, yeah. you've got you still got to keep some, you know. So there are some that were untouchable, really. Gareth, is that, yeah. uh, what do you think about that question? I, I mean, I, I just thinking about what you're saying. I, I I personally think where the film is weakest, it is in the elements that you would associate with an alien film, which is the the gore, the 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 alien killing off people one by one. I mean, they're 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 a great you know the scene where for some reason they send the inmates to light candles in this giant facility, and then the alien decides to blow out the candles one by one, and of course they Very go and investigate, alien. and then they go get you know killed off. I mean, all of that stuff is that's where the film is weakest, and maybe it's Fincher just not knowing how to how to do horror, how to do suspense. But for mm. me that's not what the film is about it's about Ripley's relationship with the aliens so yes the, the the prisoner characters are all kind of similar some of them serve more of a purpose than the others but yeah, yeah I, I, I completely accept the criticism that I think I think I think the fact that you, I, I like your point of it it's about her relationship with the alien that is something that is in this, this film because it's it's one of the few moments of real tension is when the alien just after it's killed Clemens and it comes up and um it's smelling her, isn't it? Somehow, and um, Mr. Aaron, get that raving woman to the infirmary. I'm telling you, yeah. it's here. Yeah, and <laughs> cut, 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 cut that out, please. And, cut that out. No, no that's no, staying in. That's funny. That's a lot we of keep, extra editing work to cut that out. Yeah, so that's staying in. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that bit where it like it's right up against her face, and she thinks, you know, you can see the face. She thinks she's about to get killed as well and that was one of the that's one of the better scenes in this um, but I do ha- I have to take truck with the dialogue in this film and you were saying before you've, this is you know Alien Resurrections isn't really the Ripley that we've got to know and whilst I feel her character's a bit uneven in this it doesn't like when she's when Clemens is asking her about the alien or what's going on and then she just kind of basically goes oh it's a really bad bit of dialogue where it's like Oh, does she say, "Are you attracted to me or something?" <laughs> yeah. And he's like, 
oh in what way and she's like oh in the usual way and he's like she's and it's, horny she, mate she's no but it just makes she's comes, had a really hard few weeks exactly yeah that's it it's not even had she even been awake she, a week she's, she's had to shave point. her head and shave her her pubic parts because of a lice <laughs> epidemic you know yeah but it was this she wants to feel like weird. a woman again Hugh Thank you, but um, <laughs> and only the, 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 the only Charles Dance could do that. But there's a bit in I think Aliens there. where where there is a bit of flirting, isn't there, between her and Hicks, and the the kind of like show she's showing off that she knows how to use a gun, and he's kind of like doing the man thing. And, where and, it's and, like, and, I'll stand and, behind you and hold it, and, and, and he put gives, my arms he, around he gives her that kind of like tracking device, and he says it doesn't yeah. mean we're married or anything. <laughs> yeah, where with this, she's just like, did you find me attractive? And he's like, what way? The usual way. Let's have sex. And it's like, no, fuck off. That's bad but again, dialogue. she's not this virgin, bad dialogue is bad the dialogue. virgin survivor, you know. That I love that about No, her. but there's just, it was just, it's bad, Sam. I can't, I can't, I can't explain it anymore. It's bad I dialogue. I disagree, but fair enough. I respect your opinion. Fair, fair enough. I respect your opinion. I, re- I respect you both equally. Oh, Gareth. Thank you. You're the, light, you're the wind um, beneath our wings. And then, so that's <laughs> sort of the plotting and all that sort of stuff. And then there's just a bit of poor sort of directing in terms of Sam. You mentioned last week, I think, when we were doing the French Connection about, um, you know, it's, I can't remember what you called it, but it's where you know when one character stood at one side and then oh, they the cut and it's at the, yeah. And there's a lot of problems with that, you know, in the tunnel scenes where um, they're running. I did and find you just, it hard completely, to keep track of you, the geography of, of you've no idea have you? what tunnels and what doors and that. I imagine it was if a they, nightmare to film, but I would have liked to know. How many doors are left? And that, 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 I, I, I confess that is a, a, an absolutely fair criticism because it is, it is, it is shot in a way where it's stylistic, but it's not clear, and and you, you have no sense, yeah. you have no sense of 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 uh, scale, you have no sense mm. of desperation, you don't quite understand. Oh, are we progressing towards trapping the alien? It, 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 yeah, yeah. It, it's a mess, and and it, it looks great, it is, but it. Is. it, it you, you don't understand the stakes when you watch yes. it. Yeah, it takes you out of what's happening. You just see these people running in various directions, being picked off. And like, how did the alien get behind? I, I maybe I missed this. How did it get behind Pete Postlethwaite? Because he yeah, was like, "Oh, no. I'm safe behind no, the ab- ab- And then ab- it just pops up behind him in a, absolutely. you know, a sort of Jason, not Jason, um, Mike Myers sort of. I can move really <laughs> fast and get anywhere without you noticing. Kind of. No, it, I mean he, he closes the door and it literally descends behind him whilst he's looking through the glass, you know, visor of the door. Yeah. And yeah, mm. it, I mean that's just that's just Hollywood oh, shot. And yeah, and the other thing is. Um, I don't really get Paul McGann's motivation for opening the. the oh, he's insane. Yeah, but <laughs> it's that it. Well, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. If that's if that's and that felt like poor. Did you that not see that holiday like, went on with Richard E. Grant? He must be. He's sick of it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's I, gone mad. I, th- I think they, they, in, in the special edition they established that Golic, his character, is a bit is a bit off, is a bit weird, mm. and and you know the other yeah. the other inmates don't like him because they they're talking about smell. him, aren't they? In the yeah, canteen you know, that, and, and Dutton kind of says, "Knock it off with the shit," you know, and, and <laughs> um, I think I think Golic's always been a bit weird, but. But Golic, when he's a, he, he basically thinks the the alien is a, is a god, and I am sure yeah. I am sure 
His character is based on Vincent Ward's screenplay about the monks. I'm sure there was a monk right. character that, that met the like alien that. and and worshipped him as as the devil or, or as 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 you know um, God, and they they transferred that over. In the I mean, theatric- as a schizophrenic, he could clearly be hallucinating and having delusions about the beasts speaking. But to I, him I like the fact that he co- he refers to it as a dragon. I quite like that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, yeah. and and in the theatrical cut, as soon as uh, Clemens is killed by the alien and. And Golic says, uh, "Magnificent." He disappears from the film. He's, he's gone. He just, you know, he never shows up. So at least in the director's cut, they they give him, you know, some kind of um, uh, demise. Yeah. Oh right. Oh, so he's gone out of. So he's just in the the infirmary and then never seen again. Yeah, that, that's right. So how do they explain the alien escaping they, in, they, the well, um, in the so, theatrical so, cut? Right. So so this is one of the, the this is one of the essential differences between the two versions in the theatrical cut. They cut out the whole thing about trying to trap the alien oh, inside that wow. giant vault. They, 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 they oh. just, they just cut that whole thing out. Oh right, okay. I was watching That's a YouTube video that was uh, fucking it was the, mental. It was a summary of the kills, <laughs> and it was I think it was instead of a, an oxen type thing, it was a dog. It was a dog. Yep. Yes, um, dog. Yeah. This, and this, I immediately yeah. thought I don't like that as much because it wasn't the one I saw. <laughs> I think that was my logic there. If I, if I, if I had just, if I had just, <laughs> that, that thir- was your discrimination. If yeah. I had just thirty <laughs> totally seconds uh, with your audience to try and try and explain what the differences are. Uh, the, 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 the 2003 yeah, special edition is not the theatrical version plus 10 minutes of, of deleted scenes it is a it, it's almost a completely different film what what 20th century fox did oh, was they, <laughs> they took they took david fincher's incomplete um incomplete film they reshot a bunch of scenes turned it into a, a two-hour movie and then sent it to cinemas and it wasn't very good what the special mm. edition is is Fincher's as as close to Fincher's original vision as possible, which means that the film is about forty minutes longer than the theatrical cut. However, it's not just those forty minutes that make the film different. The whole film is is a completely different experience, and and that's the version that you know that I love. Um, that's great. Yeah, and, and, and to let the, the the listener behind the curtain a little bit, I reached out to Gareth and asked what kind of films he'd like to, to talk about. Yeah, this is your fault, right Sam. It was entirely my fault. And Gareth was very clear to us that it, this has to be the assembled cut. It can't yes, be the theatrical. Yes. And I was like, oh, sure. Uh, Hugh said that with Apocalypse Now. I just watched whatever Amazon was offering me. Um, and this time I thought, oh, I could probably watch the Amazon one. But it, how different is it? Oh, it's about 30 minutes shorter than the, the one Gareth wants. I probably should watch that because it's not going to be just some French plantation scene it's probably going to be a bit different and as it turns out it's a it's a different film Gareth if you, do you think if this, if this version hit the cinemas instead of the, the original theatrical cut it would just be seen as the third in the trilogy and not yeah. the, um, the, the runt of the litter I think I think I think if this film if 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 the, if, if the special edition came out in cinemas in 1992, I still think audiences would have rejected it because it is not. I, I think anyone who saw Aliens and then went into the cinema to see this film, they would have been expecting more of the same. And if they had yeah. been given a and Newt is dead, yeah, yeah, exactly. If they'd been given a, a two hours and twenty four minute v- film, which is all about grief and death, and oh my god, this this, this <laughs> existentialism. Yes, no, well, yeah. I, I I think I think you know one of the things that makes the alien the French though um, the French loved it <laughs> one of the things that makes the the, the alien uh, 
the franchise, uh, the first three films stand out is that each film is very distinct and unique. And, and you know, if you look at Aliens, you know, doing a sequel to Alien, you could have done James Cameron could have done a haunted house film, but he didn't. He did a he did an action film instead of having mm. one alien. You have. 10,000 and then he introduces the queen this whole idea of the queen yeah. and laying the eggs and it's it, it's it's a wonderful expansion of the mythology alien 3 um doesn't necessarily expand the mythology but it does uh explore the nature of ripley and i think you know sigourney weaver is amazing in all three films and aliens might be my you know uh a- aliens is you know arguably the best out of the three however her performance in Alien 3 is the best she's ever done as Ripley because it's all about her character. It's not really about the alien and killing off people. And as we've said, you know, all of the scenes where the alien kills off people in that film, it's not very scary. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, oh, okay. It's all about her. It's about her relationship with the alien and how she is ready yeah. to die and how, how she deals with that. I agree, yeah, and they yeah. are completely disposable. As much as I agree with Hugh's point that the ones we've attached to die, uh, I do think they're basically exposable, uh, disposable. Hugh, so yeah. we don't last three hours. Uh, yeah, into there was scenes, just before, I've just got two well, more things another, quickly to two say. Two more bullet points, go on. Yeah, not about what I didn't like. One, one about what I didn't like. Um, there's some ropey CGI in this. Oh, oh yes. yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not even CGI. It, it was the last major it, film. It, one of the last major films to be yeah. shot entirely photochemically so it's not CGI it's some kind of strange stop motion and yeah I agree I agree it looks really ropey I agree T2 still holds up in many ways this just doesn't I I forgive it because it is 30 years old but I completely agree you had to just forgive it I think the scenes when the aliens close up they're still in, they're still really yeah. great. You can't I can't real, deny that at all. Yeah, yeah, real yeah. And it, and it it's just its movements just wrong, isn't it? In the mm. longer wide shots, um, you watch really it almost like, like you're watching a, an early draft. Uh, like yeah, you know, this is before like we pre- had the CGI, like thing. the previous stuff yeah, that they yeah, do yeah, nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like those great. But those shots of the alien from its point of view running on the walls and stuff are really great. I think yeah, that that really works, and it kind of shows a bit of the, in those tunnels. But then so my my kind of overall final point that I just wanted to quickly make about this film is you know it's interesting that it's you said about the Guardian and all that about the wooden you know the monks and the wooden planet or the wooden ship or whatever it was Um, it's this feels like one of the you know because it's got meddled with so much it sort of feels like an idea that should have been left alone like it's one of those like oh there was an idea where it was going to be a prison planet and the alien they didn't have any weapons and all this and the monks were all celibate and you know they all wanted to fuck Ripley or whatever and you know this and this like and I I could quite happily have a film that we take some of the essentials out of this like you said her symbiotic sort of nihilistic relationship because essentially the alien represents in our deepest darkest psyche in the back of our mind it represents death doesn't it it's the unrelenting pursuit of death that death can come for you at any time and it manifests itself in this eyeless alien with two mouths essentially and yeah. I think that's a, a lot of what this film it doesn't have many lines sort of, of dialogue it is a killing machine <laughs> yeah it's a kill yeah it always gets called the ultimate killing machine doesn't it um, so yeah I think 
I think this is an idea that should have been left on the sort of cutting room floor, if that makes sense, or the right, writers' Hugh, room. Um, and I think what there's would a better have as, I th- as his fifth favorite film. I think there's You're a, not really thinking I think there's a, ahead. <laughs> I think there's a better version out there somewhere of Alien Three that satisfies audience needs whilst having some sort of artistic integrity. Is what what I would say about this film. I, I, I personally think if we had been, but we have what we have if, if we had been given Vincent Ward's if Vincent Ward hadn't been fired you know if, if, if the studio mm. hadn't interfered with his vision I think we would have a very strange a very bizarre prequel to, to the franchise but it might be artistically um, uh, uh, uncompromised it, it would be its own thing and I think mm. I think the even for fans like me, the the sad truth is that whatever version of the film you watch, it is it it's not a complete film. It, it's broken. Yeah. It's damaged. It's 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 missing in parts. It's incomplete because of the production process it went through. My question to you, Gareth, is: Would you love this film so much if people dis- if people liked it? No, because because you know I, I can love I can love Alien Three for um, the aesthetics. I can love it for uh, Sigourney Weaver's performance. I can love it for the for Pete Possefwaite. You know I can, I can love it for a lot of reasons. Uh, uh, Elliot Goldenfall, which we haven't talked about, um, is one of my favourite film composers, and I think his score for that film is the most complicated and intricate score out of the the first mm. three films. You know James Horner did a great score for Aliens. Jerry Goldsmith did a completely different thing for Alien but I think Alien 3 score is more interesting it, it doesn't quite have a melody but it, it has a great soundscape uh, which which mm. complements the visuals um, if Alien 3 I thought you didn't want to sound Nazi fartsy wow Sam uh, <laughs> <laughs> I work with what I'm, I'm so given sorry. but I'm sorry, you know, just, I'm just, 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 just to bridge my, my artsy fartsiness <laughs> Elliot Goldenfall did the score for Batman Forever so it's all linked you see it's all linked <laughs> back down in the gutter yeah. I, I hope it. you cut I mean, that out because, because I'm, I'm really not trying to sound artsy fartsy but you know <laughs> no, you're not, no, that was a I think one that thing was, you can say about this film is this I think there's one thing you can say about this film is that there is something to talk about with it. It's not well, it, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not boring. That's 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 the worst thing you can ever call a film is boring. Well, sorry, what did you say, Sam? I'm As the that. listener will attest, yeah. this is the yeah. long. Yeah. Yeah. Why, 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 why am I here? Yeah. 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 It's not because it's worth There is yeah, plenty. Yeah, that's what we want. And, and yeah, it, this is good. It is fascinating that it got such a bad. Uh, or yeah. uh, you know, tepid to bad. I, d- I do think ultimately, I do think it's a bad film, but it was at least it's a film that it tried to do something. If, if a film is yeah. boring and bad, that is the worst indictment hey, 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 so, of a bad film. So here's the like, thing: Independence Day Resurgence is boring. And yeah, bad. right. What was the point? Of that if that exactly. Independence Day Two. It, it's exactly what uh, we had in the in the uh, the, the the first um, uh, yeah. iteration. Say what you will about Matrix Four, it is not a retread yeah, of absolutely. Yeah, you know, it yeah, is. Absolutely. It does. It, you know, it might not be a film you enjoy, like Alien Three, but you can't accuse Alien Three of just being a repeat of Aliens or Alien. Exactly. You can't. You, you I can't. mean, there is. There are. I have seen some critics who said it was a a retread of Alien. 
given it's that it's they're on a they're they're kind of trapped with yeah. the alien on a ship so well not on a ship but you know in a place that that they can't escape it but I think that's the premise of Alien generally if you so can escape can, it it's not a film yeah. is it <laughs> no no it's, it's oh they've, um, they've got a ship oh well then um, yeah not, not a dilemma not a film uh, should, should we do some scenes and lines etc yes okay yeah. so let us go to our uh, section of favourite scene favourite favorite lines and favourite shot Sam as the recommendee what was your favourite scene the one that got the biggest emotional response from me was the autopsy scene the tension okay. the pathos yeah. uh, you know I don't want to watch the Fincher version I was going to praise David Fincher being so reserved and so you know sort of uh, understanding turns out mm. he quite wanted to see a 10 year old get cut up um, uh, you know for me as someone who's got a daughter perhaps that's part of it but it, oh, really, is it, it that, was, that again it was that's difficult it was difficult very difficult to watch but uh, incredibly tense and obviously you've got the tension of what you're doing to the body but also so what is behind the ribs you know uh, but yeah no, I, that was my mm. favourite scene Okie dokie. Um, Gareth, I think you might have mentioned it earlier, actually, but what was your favourite scene? Um, it's tricky because I have a, um, a few, but I, I, I personally, for me, um, the my favourite scene is when... <laughs> yeah, pick your favourite children. Yeah. <laughs> pick your favourite child. Yeah, exactly. Sophie's Sophie Choice scene. all over again. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, oh, is, it, is it the one in the tunnel or, under, oh or in the ba- sub, sub-basement? <laughs> I think my, 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 my favourite scene, and this all, this all goes back to the, the, na- the character of Ripley, my favourite scene is where... Um, Ripley and Dr. Clemens have clearly they've clearly had sex and oh they've um, been at it they've been at it and um, uh, <laughs> he, he's starting to get dressed and she asks him how he got the barcode on his tattoo mm. and he explains this you know this awful story about how he, he was a morphine addict and um, he killed a bunch of people because he got the dosages wrong and that's why he was on the planet but the reason why I love that scene is because this is the first time in all three films where Ripley has actually developed a a truly romantic connection with someone. In Aliens, she is attracted to Hicks, but they never sort of consummate it. You know, the aliens no. get in the way. Here, she actually manages to get laid. Sorry, uh, cut that out. Here, she actually manages to to um, to, to, to make love. To, <laughs> girl likes girl gets down. To girl make love with Charles. She, she, she dances with Charles, and um, you know, hey. she's able. She's you know she's able to. Actually, oh, Hugh, did you dance with Charles at the weekend? Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, she's able to be herself, and and of course that's this is one of the reasons why I love the film is because she develops this connection with with someone, and of course, what does the alien do? It takes that person away from her. You know, she's de- right, she's, yeah. she's denied a husband. She's denied a daughter. The alien keeps um, shumming up when she least wants it. So I love. I Basically, love that the scene. alien is uh, TB in the eight, in the nineteenth yeah. century. I, I yes, just I just uh, think you know when Charles dance when Charles <laughs> dance um, when Charles dance explains that the reason why the people died wasn't because of the accident they suffered, but because he got the wrong dosage of painkiller, and you see his eyes like getting glassy because you could feel the pain of Mm. that decision that just ruined his career that's a fantastic scene however as I said Mm. earlier any scene with Brian Glover (laughs) it's just just, just, you know just when he says sort of a 
get that raving woman to the infirmary and then the alien swoops <laughs> down and picks picks him up wonderful you know all I do is I, I, I see him on screen and I think am I watching Kez yeah <laughs> and it's not what really is it is it, is it Spurs or that episode of Bottom he was in you know I, just I mean really... Let's face it, the alien has a flair for the dramatic. Yeah, absolutely. Because it? It, it knows when absolutely. people are having heartfelt moments. And oh, he can make an entrance. Having, he can make He does, an entrance, he does. Yeah. You, you would think he was, um, you know, a man of theatre. So let me, <laughs> let me get this back. straight, Lieutenant. It's an eight-foot creature with astral blood. <laughs> it arrived from your spaceship and is generally unpleasant <laughs> to all those who encounter I it. I highly doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> straight yeah. up. And he's like, so, he, he's, just, he's just like juggling this rubber ball in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> So my favourite scene of this uh, interesting the, the, film This was... film you don't like? Of this I bad don't. film? It is bad. The best of a bad lot is... But, but I've seen much, much worse. <laughs> and I've oh, you recommend, more... uh, you recommend Anonymous to me, so you've seen... Yeah, and Sam films. doesn't like. Have you seen Anonymous, Gareth? No, uh, Anonymous. Uh, don't. No, I haven't. <laughs> Sam didn't oh, like oh, it. Sh- oh, sorry, I'm sorry. That's the film where Shakespeare didn't write the plays and it was directed That's by Roland Emmerich. Yes, I, I have yeah. seen that and I wish I hadn't. So, Absolutely. If you're yeah. about to say Alien 3 is worse than that film, I'm, I'm Please, sorry. Please, Hugh, don't you dare look to the sky like you're thinking about this. For <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> I never thought I'd find Tudor men playing badminton so boring. You know, and they're wearing like Jacobean ruffs. <laughs> it's well, it's not only bad, tennis. but an evil film. It's, 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 it's a um, bad evil film, I, Hugh. I did like the film. Don't I found, I, talk I found it interesting. Shite. I found it interesting. No, you found the um, theory that Shakespeare didn't write his own plays yeah, interesting. Yeah, I found that interesting. But the film, the film was dog shit. The film's okay. It is come, what it is. Come, come on. Come on. Um, so, the my favourite scene was the bit when the alien causes the accidental explosion in the tunnel. The bit that, got, as you said, actually got cut out of the original <laughs> theatrical cut, scene, which yeah. was the for me was the tensest scene, although I do have to give an honourable mention to the bit when she goes down into the the uh, the sub-basement and she's basically yeah. having a tete-a-tete well, with the when, alien. When, mm. when um, she says... It's down here in the basement. This whole place is a basement. And she kind of, yeah, she, she, she kind of laughs and she says, "It's a metaphor." <laughs> you know, fantastic. <laughs> hey, hey, viewer, it's a metaphor. Uh, <laughs> so that brings us neatly on to uh, favorite lines. Uh, Sam, what was your favorite line of this whole? Endeavor? As much as I like this film, there, there's not money to choose from. I, I don't think. Certainly, mm. memorable, quotable lines. I don't think of, there's a lot. Um, I quite like when Dylan says to Ripley uh, after she's she's been attacked, "Take off! I gotta re-educate some of the brothers. We're going to discuss some matters of the spirit." That I thought was very witty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's hitting them. Yeah, as Gareth is um, miming. Gareth, what was your? F- I, you okay, know, I, I'll just re- I can, I'll, I'll just reenact the whole fact, film. I'll just do like. Uh... Yeah, I was just going to say just before you uh, fire off into your favorite line <laughs> lines. What is your favorite line? I want to keep you on track here because we're nearly two hours into yeah, this. Um, I, so I, what I, is, I've already spotted I'm, for me. I, I think I think yeah. it's I think it's um, uh, eighty five saying. This whole place is a basement, and Ripley just going laughing and saying, "Yeah, it's a metaphor." I, I, I just, I, I, I will say this to, to 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 Sam's point very quickly: Alien Three is not a quotable film like Aliens is. Aliens is, and I, you know, your podcast you talked about like the lines Hudson says, "Game over, man. Game over." All game over, man. Yeah, it's just it, Aliens <laughs> is replete with um, quotes. Alien Three is not 
it just isn't that kind of film. But <laughs> hey, Vasquez, has anyone ever mistaken you for a man? Absolutely. Has anyone ever mistaken you? <laughs> another, another day in the core. Every meal a banquet. Every paycheck a fortune. You know, it's, it's just, it's just, you know, uh, Aliens is is the most quotable of the Alien films for sure. We, we talked about this last week with French Connection. Iconic film, great film, but so authentic that not many of the lines are very witty or, or memorable you know and it, but, the, but, that's that's the, the, but they're true to their characters you know yeah that's... yeah 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 so in the moment yeah. they're all yeah. fine just just and, and are things you'd get i, I you pray know. you edit this out but you know um newt going they mostly come out at night mostly you know it's just <laughs> what a line she was i love she that. was very keen line. on that so, so i love that oh, it's one of my favorite lines mostly. in film just because she goes they you know they mostly come out at night Mostly, like, <laughs> why are you being so scary, child? So I think, I think <laughs> we're scared enough. Don't sit, don't have a dramatic pause and go. Mostly in a really scary. I, I always, I always think of the, the way accent. Eric Cartman says that line in some South Park episode. Um, Does he? I think. Oh yeah, mostly. I, I, I think with um, Alien Three, that I have loads of favorite lines, but they're the, the not iconic. So, so the the basement line is great. Um, yeah. Dylan has a wonderful line where he says, you know, you don't want to know me, lady. I'm a murderer and rapist of women. And Ripley's response is great where she just says, oh, I must make you pretty nervous then. And she sits down, you know. Bad ass. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there's just loads of that. But again, I go back to Brian Glover saying, "Um, gentlemen, this is rumour control. Here are the facts. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. I want want that on my epitaph. And then oh, I have the I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that tomorrow in one of my lessons. You should. You should. I, I, I'm going to do it. You know. I just. It's uh, by, by the way, buy buy a little uh, rubber ball stress toy and just just like yeah. juggle that in your hands as you say. I'm it. a ball guy. You that can pull it off. <laughs> I also really yeah. like, and it's almost more of a shot than a line. Um, when the guy says, "Hey Frank, what's this?" and he's holding up a fucking face hooker, yeah. <laughs> like mm. the, the pathetic irony, you know. Okay, so we've had favourite... Oh, actually, in fact, my favourite line of this uh, entire endeavour, it was exactly the same as Sam's, strangely enough. It was that bit where, uh, you know, take off, I've got to re-educate some of the brothers. We're going to discuss some medicines. I am uncomfortable (laughs) with us us agreeing, but go on, I'll take it. Yeah, well, yeah, it was um, memorable, isn't it? It was a good line. It it is a good line. Um, You get some of the better lines in this film. It is. Dylan, I don't think... I mean, other than the one, Gareth, you mentioned where she sits down and goes, this must make you feel pretty uncomfortable. Um, I don't think Ripley gets that many great lines like she does in other... Well, well there's, there's the... Many um, zingers. Well, well there's know, the... Like, uh, she doesn't get it. Get away from her, you bitch! Is, um, <laughs> Which is her probably most famous line. What does she say? She says, like, did. this is a maximum security prison and you have yeah. no weapons of any kind and she's just kind of <laughs> as she says it she realizes and then yeah. she says at the end well we're fucked <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Samo what is your favourite shot of this film it's the iconic one it's the one that I'd seen before this film it's the one you've all seen on posters and whatnot. Oh, it's Ripley the, the meme yeah with the uh, with the thing against her face the slavering all yeah. over yeah yeah, it is hard to argue against that. But as a, as a shot, it's, it's, yeah. 
It works, Classic. doesn't it? It's, it's well framed and all that jazz. Yeah. Gareth, favourite shot of the film? I, I, I genuinely, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this because one of the problems with Alien 3 is that the film just looks gorgeous, you know, for, for, for me mm. throughout. The, the cinematography mm. is excellent. And so <laughs> I initially thought about the shot where Murphy is in the air vent and he's scraping and you see the fans. <laughs> and, yeah, that, that's, that's a fantastic shot. However... There is a shot in the third act, and it, it isn't even on screen uh, for long, and I sound like a pompous ass by mentioning it, but it's basically they're trying to lure the alien into the lead works, and this is after the tunnel sequence, you know, when the um, the alien's been pushed into the mould. There's a mm. shot of Ripley and Dylan in the lead work, in the mould. It's all orange, and there's all this steam coming up. Yeah. That shot is just beautiful. It, it doesn't last long, but... It just, I don't, I don't know. It just looks fantastic, and the reason why, one of the reasons why I love Alien Three is because there is no CGI, there there is no digital camera work. It is all done photochemically. So everything you see, even you know, ignoring the wonky shots of the alien puppet, uh, which yeah, we've, we've established don't look great, but all of the yeah. the way the sets are lit. The, the way it was, you know, the way the it was all done in the camera, you know, there's no digital trickery there, and uh, that makes it um, for me look even better. So there's just a great shot of of Sigourney Weaver's face in that mold. They're backing away from the alien. There's all this steam coming up. Um, it just looks fantastic. Um, really, the, the the cheap answer is every shot in Alien Three looks great. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me. Do you know what? I've I'm, mine's actually going to change. I did originally have the shot of the cranes right at the beginning, but Sam just reminded me of that shot where the aliens right up against uh, Ripley's face, and it's it's it is it's an iconic shot. It's one of the it's one of the few things that I've really enjoyed from this in good and bad I, ways. I, I, good ways that the, the go, go on. Oh, yeah, sorry, so. just to interject. I think I think what people forget is when that shot, um, when, you know, when people saw the trailer. That was the first time an, an alien got so close to Ripley. You know, I, mm. I, we, we, I think we forget that now. When when that like sequence happens where the alien is right next to her face, that had never happened before um, in, yeah. in the previous two films. And that's the problem for me yeah. watching this now. I'd see I've seen that image dozens of times. Yeah, I think I do have to give a shout out though for worst shot of the film and that is the one where Ripley dives off into the lead and it's just an absolute her actual it, that going is where, into the lead is pretty pretty bad yeah yeah it just it's so that is a problem where the, the special effects weren't good enough to give you the shot that it deserves but again and it came out the same sort of time as T2 I feel yes, like there was the capability is, strange, is, just, is yeah. it budget is it yeah. Studios, they, yeah, they, yeah. they 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 reshot the so so I actually this is a rare instance where the ending of the theatrical cut is better mm. than the special edition because in the theatrical okay. cut when Ripley jumps and I have this friend who argues with me all the time about this and I I sadly um agree, I, I now agree with him in the theatrical cut when Ripley jumps the alien bursts out of her chest but she grabs it yeah I thought and, it, so. and then she fall, then she falls into the lead with it. Wow. In, this, in the special edition, it's just a single shot of her jumping yeah. in a Christ-like. Yeah, and, and actually, I, I, I truly think, in, in terms of keeping with the source material, if, if the special edition had that shot where the alien bursts out and she grabs it, that would make it 100% perfect oh, I for do me. want to see that. Yeah. 
So someone, someone will literally do an edit on YouTube where it's exactly the same except for that final shot. <laughs> I could, yeah, I thought I had imagined that that the, the alien burst out at the very. No, end. no, that's the theatrical version. That's that's, that's the only that's, that's the only thing where the theatrical version is superior to the the special edition. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair enough. That's it's a strange decision, I guess. Ultimately, then in the end, yeah. isn't it to to get uh, to get rid of it? Uh, right. Okay. So this segment has gone on far longer than I ever expected. I'm so sorry. Um, no, it's a new it's record, a but uh, new records. records are good, it, aren't they? People yeah, the brag about broke. world records. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't think this is a world record, but it's a record for the podcast. Um, so we're going to have a break. We're going to come back after the break, and we're going to discuss the critics' ratings out of ten. We're going to give Sam a quick quiz, and then we're going to decide what film we're watching next week. So join us after the break. Hello and welcome to the third and hopefully final part of uh, Please Watch This. Um, so now what we're going to do is we're going to go through a little jaunt through the critics of the uh, of the world of uh, yeah criticism because that's what we're about here on Please Watch yeah. This, isn't it? Um, so guess who didn't review this film or I can't find a review of, which is really odd. Roger Sam? Ebert, no Gene Siskel, no, 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 yeah, it was it was Roger Ebert, yeah. I was kind of bemused by it actually. I was, I really wanted to know what he thought. So if anyone, has I never, he written, didn't, he didn't really watch many films to be fair. Oh, okay. Well, Gareth seems to have an opinion here. I couldn't find it on the internet when I looked for um, it. So maybe it is out there. I, he, he's definitely reviewed the film. I, I can't quote you the review verbatim, but he, he is on record as saying that Alien Three is the best. Oh no, sorry. Alien Three is the best looking bad film he's seen. <laughs> which, I, which, I, which I actually think I think that it sums that film up beautifully. It's you know from his perspective that theatrical cut. It looks great, but it's butchered. If only he got to see. The version that I love, I'd be curious. Isn't to know it so opinion. weird when yeah. when Hugh said he didn't like it? I thought, well, he's wrong. When Roger Ebert says it, I'm like, oh, well, he's got a point there. <laughs> in just a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a lifetime of, uh, of um, respect for me. A, respect for <laughs> that, that, that first, yeah. Um, you know, f- crit- film critical response and uh, yeah. eloquent film criticism. But in, who didn't view in you? prose? Uh, so I have here uh, Kim Newman in Empire. Oh, who, good. Good so, the, so they, this person, I don't know if it's a man or a woman. It's uh, a man. Quite frankly, works a lot Is with Mark Kermode. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. So Kim, he he did not like this film. He so he's going to give the more probably the the received wisdom of this film. So he got gave it two stars in Empire, and he says the movie murkily directed through what looks like a bowl of oxtail soup by pop video whiz D- kid David Fincher never really recovers from the clumsy start. Uh, busily I think that's meant to be <laughs> busily hurries hurrying towards its absurd finale which owes more than a little uh, to the ending of Terminator 2 by having interchangeable characters run around dark corridors on lice infested planet while an unscary fish eyed uh, infested planet while an unscary fish eye lends them meanwhile this shaven headed theme allows Weaver to look uh, striking and do Joan of Arc impressions, but also serves to render the rest of the cast in contrast uh, with the well-fleshed-out monster food of the earlier films. Totally anonymous, so that by the time uh, the death-filled finale arrive, it's impossible to tell who is still alive and who has just been killed. 
and now that I know that the theatrical cut is wildly different to the this yeah. assembly cut, I can probably see where Kim Newman's coming from there. But somebody who did like it, Sam and Gareth, was Peter Travers in Rolling Stone. Ooh, Peter Stone uh, of the Rolling Travers. Yeah, not uh, Peter his, Guardian his of the Bradshaw. appearance on the show, at least. At least. Um, so he said, if Ridley Scott's uh, Alien uh, has more surprises and James Cameron's Aliens more thrills, David Fincher's austere, low-tech, darkly funny Alien 3 has more sharply observed characters. The script, reflecting the struggle of nine writers, I mean, that's never a good sign, <laughs> even has a subtext. This must be the first $50 million thriller that also functions as an AIDS allegory. Fincher gives the images <laughs> new, reson- new resonance, creating a provocative fusion of suspense and feeling. Weaver is in spectacular form, un unarmed and nearly bald she never seemed more resourcefully human her final scene a war between her maternal and killer instincts is a bold and ha- bold and haunting so is the movie so that's what Peter said it doesn't give a rating in Rolling Stone but apparently Metacritic it got 88 as they he, as they wait I think he's someone to respect and in this yeah. case agree with and you know he clearly um, you know he, he he saw the merits even though it's Maybe he's, I don't know. It was clearly a contemporary review yeah, on Metro. And, and, and he has time. good taste. <laughs> yeah, well, that, in your opinion, that too. <laughs> um, but the the only critics. Oh, I care those about, guys can go eat shit. Fuck off. <laughs> they don't mean a thing. Because the only two p- opinions I care about most of all on Three. tonight's podcast, well, yes, mine as well, is your guys ratings so Gareth as our guest I'm, I'm going to ask you how many sprinklers out of 10 would you give <laughs> Alien 3 oh no uh, out of 3 how many the, sprinklers the, the, would you yeah, give this, Alien the, 3 this is honestly this is really difficult I've been thinking about this because on a, on a personal level I, I'd like to give the film you know 10 you out give, of 10 you give it give it what you want you well, well, give it 10 10,000 films it must be <sighs> yeah. it must be 10 out of 10 surely uh, oh, only, only in 3 minutes I watch it eat a, a new film just, just three minutes of the screen time then I stop I, I think Alien 3 is my favourite science fiction he just reads film. the blurb off the back doesn't he in his YouTube yeah, that's, that, that's exactly it um, scandal this film is great because special features director's commentary <laughs> interactive menu scene selection English subtitles um, reads all the credits <laughs> all the, of yeah. the DVD yeah. box <laughs> directed um, written plastic casing by. manufactured by yeah um, <laughs> made in China I think um Copyright. <laughs> as my, as uh, you know, it, it, look, it is what it is. One of my favorite films of all time. So on that basis, of course, of course, I would say ten out of ten. Objectively, of objectively, um, I think I think it's probably um, uh, seven out of ten. Uh, so yeah, I mean, personally, ten out of ten. But um, uh, so Gareth goes for ten. This, there is no yeah. such thing yeah. as objectively. Right. We can, we can, this, all criticism is. But, but all I'll say is that ten out of ten. I'm not saying it's you know objectively the greatest film of all time, and you need to see it. I'm just I, I'm speaking from the heart, that's, which is what, it it wants, what we want. You know? that's, yeah. We're, we're yeah, about exactly, emotion. Exactly. We don't need cold, calculated criticism. We want yeah. your emotions, Gareth. That's well, what we're well, here well for. my Some... my emotions say it's a 
10 out of 10, 5 star, Oscar winning movie. And, yeah. and my good, emotions good. also say you're a fool if you don't like it. So there we are. Yeah. Okay. Um, how do we mute his mic? Bye. <laughs> we can't. Uh, damn it. Uh, Sam, uh, how many brothers out of 10 need re education? Come on, Sam. Come on, Sam. <laughs> I, was, I was torn. I think. The first alien. Come on, Natalie and Brulia, tell us your answer. I think the first alien, alien is a nine. Aliens is an eight. I think this is a seven point five. Seven point five. So you you rate it highly. A good nice. film. I don't understand the hit. You know, you know, Sam, you're you're a good guy. I, I need to get to know you. Uh, I've always thought that. I've always thought <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I feel that this isn't. Um, it's not. It's not. It, it's not a. Go- it's not a good film. In, in my opinion, opinion, as I have mentioned, as I've mentioned, but I don't think it deserves the hate that it gets. I think it just, as I've, 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 you know, it's a film that came after two great films, and sometimes it is hard to follow up great films with a, another great film, like three in a row. I don't has it ever been done on the Rarely. same trilogy? I can't think of any trilogies. Maybe Lord of the Rings or yeah, that's Toy Story. probably. You might, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. You not could many. argue. There's not many. But Toy Story and Lord of the Rings. I mean, you could argue Lord of the Rings being a book series may not count if that makes sense. Where you yeah. might be on with someone with Toy Story, but it's such a, you know, it's such a rare beast. I would have to say this probably gets a six because it's not. If it wasn't an alien film, if it was say a film similar and it wasn't Ripley and it was, it was just this is. A, a, pla- a film about this p- prison planet and this malevolence turns up to kill everyone. It's actually a better film in that viewed through that lens. But because I know it's an alien film, and because of the the mistakes it makes, it doesn't get a pass. I'm afraid. Just but, just just to recall, Hugh, would you like to see the wooden planet Vincent Ward version with the monks? Would would, would that interest you, or would it be more? Of the I think same? it would. I, it sounds interesting, but I think you would get something similar to what we've already got. Because what's the difference between in that scenario? What is the difference between the monks and prisoners? Mm. They they'll still have like the planet's abbot. made of wood. Yeah, but shut up. So, they're, <laughs> but they're still, but they're still. There's going to be an authority figure like, um, like Brian. What's he called? Brian Glover. Glover. There's going to be an authority figure who would be the abbot. There's going to be the the monks are bound by you know their oaths to obey him like they are. The, the like this guy. Um, there's going to be those who are sort of renegades and seen as they might not be as okay. They're not going to be they're not going to be talking about shagging Ripley and all this and you know treating her like a whore and a queen and all that. But it's um, I think you wouldn't get it wouldn't be a million miles away from this. I think it sounds intriguing, but would it be different enough from this? Is because there's still the kernel of what that was, isn't there in this film? I think if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I think if you gave the, the audience a film where it was bigger action and more shouting and loud crashing bang and more aliens, you probably you wouldn't you would have a boring film. I, 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 and I think I, and I think that this this just goes back to what what you guys mentioned earlier: the fact that Alien Three is not more of the same. We're not talking about oh this action scene was dull or this 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 fight scene with the um, aliens attacking and the marines shooting the fact that it is genuinely its own thing and we're talking about it yeah. how you know it, it is it is not aliens and yes it, it is slightly similar to alien but it's far more morbid but it is not more. It's definitely. It's def. It's more of a. It inherits a lot more from Alien than it does. Yes, aliens, but but it? It, but it. 
I think we would agree it is not a direct clone of Alien or Aliens. It is its own unique thing. And, and on that basis, yeah. in, in the cynical modern age of Marvel films and constant sequels, mm. it is its own property and, and, and deserves mm. respect just for the fact that it, it, does it, it, it goes in its own direction. I think what you have with Alien is they're all equals, aren't they? They all they're all working for this company and they're all doing the same thing. Where with this, there's a there's a fundamental tension that they're prisoners. There's there's guards and that there's they're, they're prisoners who have turned to religion and celibacy and all this sort of thing. And that that tension that inherently is there because of Ripley's presence. So that's what yeah. separates it, say, from the first. And I one. think we can all agree we could all watch ten different versions of this film with from the different drafts. What yeah. I really want to know is Hugh. Did yeah. Gareth watch it properly? Did I watch it properly? Did, you know, like uh, yes. Did, well, did he catch all what, the details. I think. I think what we should do, Sam, to to find this out. Right now, I think we should have a quiz. I ah, think that's, that's clever. I think that's something we we try to do this. That's clever. Weekly. Now, am I, 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 I fair say. to say that Gareth knows all the answers to these? Really I would say he would know all the answers. Should I get to this, first yes. dibs on trying to answer these? I will. Would you this, say? Gareth, this is a quiz for Sam, I'm afraid. If Sam doesn't know, then you can step in and answer it for him. I'll just embarrass Sam, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be honest with you... if you don't know, then why were you here in the first place, I guess? The the God's honest truth, this is quite (laughs) a difficult film to make five questions for. So I think, Gareth, you're going to have a good time. I'm going to need you. You're not going to need him because it was so difficult. The questions are rather easy. Well... Um, Although... For this first one, Gareth can give us the proper answer. Sam, question one. What is the name of the planet that Ripley lands on? Oh, Fury 6... Uh, one, oh. 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 It's not 101, it's 601, it's 106. It's oh. so close. Oh. Fury... We can do this, I believe in you. Oh. Oh. Fury 160. Fury oh, you're so close. Fury 106. Gareth's having uh, a weird on, orgasm. Help me out. Go on. Well, then. I, I don't know. Should I put mm. Sam out of his misery, Hugh? Is please, please. Okay. I've been. I'm Fu- burning. Put yourself out of your own misery. From, yeah, from those yeah, noises. clearly. Uh, Fury. I'm going to have to mute that. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 um, Fury 161. 161. Ah, I had all the right Gareth, numbers. what is the proper name of the planet? Oh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> the, the, the proper name of the planet is this it's is the planet where the greatest film of all time is based, <laughs> and you'll like it. Um, it it's, uh, well, hang on. Fu- oh, oh, Christ. Um, is it. Hmm. I thought you could hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. I was hoping for this, the slam This dunking. might be a, sl- a slight trick question. So there's Fury 161. Um, yeah. Is there some kind of like. Uh, well, it gives like a proper name of the planet, doesn't it? In the little text yes, at the beginning, it does. and then it so, shows. So and I feel... you don't know it. I am surprised. You know what, Sam? You know what, Sam? I don't even think he likes this it's film. So you, weird. Know, you, you know what, Sam? I have hair, and I have to comb and groom that hair. <laughs> it's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, a lot exactly. Of time I don't have time. So, it, Fury One Six One is like the code name. Um, I'm so not, you, I'm not, yeah. I'm not so you can't remember Fiorina. Oh fuck you! <laughs> sorry, cut it out. You know what? No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me let me give you let me give you a, a thing you can edit with. Oh jeez. Um, you know what? Sam, Sam, Sam is so smart. I, I'm gonna have to pass. I'm gonna have to pass. Okay. Question two. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna clip yeah, you saying "fuck you" and I'm just gonna put it all over social media. And that's gonna be like, if this is your, the guy you like, you know? come on, Sam. C- c- 
Stay on the lane. Stay, stay on it. Uh, question two. Why do they call Aaron 85? Because that's his IQ, yo. It is Five marks off being mentally retarded. <laughs> okay, lovely. That was a very insensitive way to say the words mentally retarded. Well done. Uh, that, was the, that was the medical <laughs> definition. I don't know what the... Uh, question three. What was Clemens addicted to? Morphine. He, he was a morphine addict. He well, takes uh, one to know what. <laughs> what a baldy okay. oh Charles Dunn's got hair actually so yeah it's fine. He did yeah, yeah, you're going to have to let it go Sam <laughs> let it go let it go like you the hair on your head yeah. <laughs> sorry why are we picking on Sam because a few you know what I don't know why because one. I agree with Sam more than I do with yeah. you <laughs> yeah yeah Hugh is the dickhead <laughs> no Hugh has a different opinion yeah. that's not that's, quite what, that's what I said a question for what do they pour on the xenomorph in an attempt to kill it? Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, what is it? They, what is it? So not more it? than lead. They, yes, uh, I don't actually know. This might have been in the period where I was falling asleep. Um, Gareth, what do they pour? Well, on the I mean, I, I think you've already answered it. It's it's lead. It's lead works. It is. Yeah. It's the oh, lead. Is lead. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, it's that was a trick question. I know I more than to, I thought. I knew. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what Sam, they, uh, they, Hugh has trick questions. Uh, <laughs> remember that for future you know. podcasts. Oh Christ! Have you heard some questions he asks me? What was the six cousin removed of the main character's the best dog's boys? pet's name? That's Favorite briefly Salamander. <laughs> yeah, I get so many weird questions. Yeah, it was boiling hot lead. Although technically, it wasn't the boiling hot lead that killed it. It was the uh, water use the sprinklers. Yeah. yeah, which was an epic death. And then, because you could tell, I ran out of questions. Question five: What killed Michael Bean? Oh, I know. Wait, who's Michael Bean? Picks. Okay, right. So, Newt drowned. Yeah. Picks uh, burned to death. Hang on. Nope. What killed Michael Beam? Five beans. Four. Three. No. Uh, was two. it a beam? Uh, was it a metal beam uh, impaling him? Gareth. Well, um, Sam is half right. It was a safety barrier that that crashed in um, a safety barrier that kind of collapsed into his pod and killed him. That yeah, ruined my was, joke. I was, I was entirely right. <laughs> uh, what killed Michael Bean? A beam <laughs> killed yeah. Michael Bean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There we go. What I, 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 I've just sort of spotted you guys, so I can't think as quickly. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what was that? Sorry, Gareth. Oh, sorry. I'll repeat my compliment. I'm just not as smart as you guys, so I can't. Oh, yeah. Can you say that again? Yeah. Like, I didn't. I'm not so <laughs> smart as you guys. Did you just say that for three minutes? Huh? <laughs> Two assholes, three minutes. <laughs> that time I was on a podcast never again yes so well done Sam you kind of got some of them I got right. some well points done. whatever yeah you got, some po- yeah, you got points well done I'll sign them later winner. don't worry about well it well done Gareth for uh, not knowing the name of the f- proper name of the planet oh, your favourite film it was embarrassing it made me question <laughs> yeah. my whole opinion although I do feel actually. like he probably knows the exact number of people who died uh, when um Clemens gave the wrong amount. I can, I can tell you how many follicles Ripley has on her shaved scalp. <laughs> That's how much I love this film. Yeah. What about Fair private enough. parts? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. Well, that was that was Alien Three. That was Alien two Three. Hours, the big question. And a half, two and a half the hours. Big question. Would you recommend this film, Sam? <laughs> yes. 
Hugh, would you recommend this film? <sighs> don't do the pause. You're not Davina. You wouldn't recommend this film. In all good conscience, probably not. No. This is there the, is yeah. there is merits to it, but it's it's just I just came away disappointed. So Gareth, if if this podcast were to continue with only one host, which host do you think <laughs> should get axed? Well, uh, Sam, uh, in terms of style and substance and content and... So can I just remind you, just before you go on, though, I just need to just just need to be known that Sam didn't like the film The Empire Strikes Back. Just, mm. just, just putting that out there. You know what? Any man who likes Alien 3 is a man who I can forgive <laughs> for many other trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. So... <laughs> You, I will not seek yeah. retribution. I will leave okay, Sam not into temptation, and I will deliver <laughs> him from you. The, Respectfully, yeah. you're going with yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, you doubt. Yeah. Sam, <laughs> no, you and you, I, you know what? You and I are going to watch Alien Free till we turn into dust. Hugh, <laughs> Hugh is going to watch Tango and Cash, and each, each time he watches it, he's going to go. This isn't as good as I remember. Yeah. <laughs> do you, but do you know what I'll end up doing then? I'll I'll probably go watch Empire. So yeah, it's all good. Well, you can watch time. you can watch miserable uh, Ripley, and I'll watch Han Solo saying cool lines in uh, in a big the, orange environment. The, the, well. the important the important yeah, the important thing the is the main part. There. The important thing <laughs> is that I am at least watching a film with Sam. You're watching it on your own. That's that's, 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 that's the takeaway. It's how I like to watch films. <laughs> anyway, well, that was Alien Three. I've, Alien 3. I've enjoyed that. That was interesting. What the film or the podcast? Both. Well, well the film wasn't great, but the podcast was amazing. <laughs> um, so yes, so uh, Sam, I've got a question for you. Oh, it's a big one. What? F- it's a big one. What film are we watching next week, mate? We're continuing. Uh, provide. We haven't recorded it yet, but I'm presuming we're going to have the guest that we say we're going to have. Um, guest request. No, we're going to watch Prisoners. Neither of us have seen it, Hugh. What do you know, I know about Prisoners? An, an, another break from tradition. Uh, I think it's got Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal in it. I think it. you'd be right and in that assessment. I think it's a Denis, Denis Villeneuve film. The really? Man of the Moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A man who is so of the moment to get an Oscar nomination for June. I'm still kind of annoyed about that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, so yeah, we're getting a guest on, aren't we? Another guest. We are. We, we want to name what's them because you know if they oh, can't mistress. make it, then we'll just get Ben on. Yeah, yeah. We'll just get ben. <laughs> so ben if Ben turns up next yeah, week, we'll get Gareth, Gareth back. Gareth, Gareth. Oh, well, 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 thank you for rest assured. It all fell apart. For thinking of me, that that warms my heart. <laughs> well, we just thought this might have been a trouble. You know what? You know what? I'm ill next week. Sorry, I can't. Yeah, no And I'm washing my hair. We weren't going to ask you anyway. Gareth, we have to give several more shout outs to Gareth's amazing YouTube channel. Gareth, what's it called? Why should they watch it? Well, well, Sam. I'm surely you should know what it's called. Um, <laughs> Obviously, I know it's called Mr. Still Smiling. I'm just no, no, give you a bit the, of, you know, the just thought you'd give your own. The, <laughs> the, the YouTube channel is called Mr. Still Smiling, but if you just type in a film in three minutes into YouTube, you will find my content. And you will be Ooh. very impressed. And, look, and, and, it, it, and also very annoyed that you didn't think of that idea. Or, or, look, if, if your attention span is that of a gnat and you've got just 90 seconds to, to spare, do. it's 60. still worthwhile. Yes. You'll get half of his video. <laughs> um, rightio, so 
Uh, have you got something you want to talk to me the, about? The big Sam? question I'm, I'm absolutely gagging to ask you this year is if they want to get in touch with us and tell us how fantastic Gareth was, how much they loved Mr. Still Smiling, how much they thought Gareth was amazing, how could they do that, Hugh? So, what they need to do is they need to get themselves a space trucker job. Uh, they then need to get frozen in a like some sort of um, cryogenic freezing tube. That's very important. Do that first. Do that first if if you if you have time, and then you need to get frozen for about oh, God knows how many years she ends up frozen about a hundred years, and then if you land on a planet where they have some form of rudimentary email uh, based on nineteen nineties technology, a big CRT, um, yeah, 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 you can email us at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail Now, if you can think of another way to do that, I'm all ears. Can they get th- in touch with us on social media? Somehow, um, so? Gareth, are we on? So- Social media? Well, are you? Are you asking the wrong person? <laughs> you really I, I, I'm the, the guest. You're, you're supposed this, to promote me. Tell us our social media yeah, yeah, channel. Uh, these guys have a great Reddit page. It's called Two Guys Argue With Each Other for Five Hours. Uh, go, go check it out. We do actually have a Reddit page that has zero posts, because why would there be called uh, Please Watch Pod? Uh, r slash Please Watch Pod. Um, don't go there to Reddit. I won't know that that's happened. Just, where where would they find just, us on Twitter? Just cut out everything I've said in the last 30 seconds, please. Oh, yeah, you won't make the edit. Like generally, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would just be me and Sam. <laughs> and um, you'd be like, "Oh, we spoke to Kevin the critic. Ah, oh, Daily Three, wonderful." Ah, oh, then you'd be that. And that. <laughs> Go on, then, Sam. Where but can if they you want to do, Twitter? if you do want to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can look at our follow list. Gareth is one of them. At Mister Still Smiling, um, we are at Please Watch Pod. So get in touch there. Please watch Pod. Yeah. Pod. Um, okay then I think this episode has been long enough Gareth once again thank you for coming on you're a gentleman a scholar and just about everything that I hope to be one day Sam you are you are the epitome of my target audience and you maybe five years from now we can have a discussion. My people will contact your people. Much love to Gareth. Much love to you, Mister. You are the wind beneath yeah. our wings, just as much as Gareth is. We love you very much, yeah. and we'll you talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>